Fan club members and unfavorable attendees, you are now tuned in to the Disney Holic Show. Hello and welcome to the Disney Holic Show. That's Mike TV. And that's Jen Diz. Today we dive into magical miscellany, and speaking of magic, we take a look at the new magic key offerings as well as D23's expo schedule and random selection process. Wow, this week has been quite insane for Disney news. There's so many new things happening and parts moving and changes going on. But first, I'm very excited that we just have a little bit of magic that we want to share. And it's of the miscellany value. So Mike, what do you have for us? Ooh, love some miscellany updates and discussions. So first of all, today is episode 98 what? Can you believe we? Crazy. This is our 98th <laughs> podcast 98. episode. Uh, so, as soon as I heard 98, I can't help but think of 98 degrees. Now, do you remember that boy band from the late 90s? The only thing I remember about them is you guys teasing me, thinking I had a made up boyfriend and you called him the Invisible Man. Stop. By <laughs> Wait, 98 I degrees, or someone about in our that. group did. Yes, they had a song. Baby to you, all I am is the Invisible Man. Oh, shoot. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like he's he very not, real. It was real. And you guys just don't meet him. Which it's one was this? Jason Ross. Who was the name? What was the name? This was a very, very limited. He was also a Jason, but not the Jason you're thinking of. Oh, but yeah. Are you sure his name wasn't, um, shoot, what is it from Brady Brunch? Jan Brady's fake boyfriend. Oh, George Glass. <laughs> George Glass. <laughs> That's what everybody calls Jacob. I just keep dating antisocial guys, evidently. There you go. George like Glass. They just, he just doesn't come out. Well, it. It balances, kind of, right? You're like yin and yang. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so 98 Degrees, okay, it's not just that I remember and like that boy band. Remember, Nick Lachey was in it, the ex-husband of Jessica Simpson. But, of course, I can always find a Disney connection. So 98 Degrees actually sang one of the original pop songs that was produced for the movie Mulan back in 1998. And so they had a song on the soundtrack with Stevie Wonder, believe it or not, um, and it was called True to Your Heart. It's actually a good song. Uh, the video is a little questionable now that I watched it in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> they follow, right, like this. It's uh, exactly Chinese what American I was thinking. Woman. Oh, good. You got to see it. What did you think? Yeah, so Mike, you sent me a link before, and you're like, if you could watch this, we could talk about it. I definitely was like a little cringe here and there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. They're like following this. I guess Chinese, I don't know if she's Chinese American or Chinese, through, it looks like some sort of big city Chinatown. And then they're watching her, they're almost like stalking her, the boy band, while they're singing. (laughs) And then she is doing everyday things in her life that happen to also mirror, pun intended, uh, like scenes from Mulan. And then it goes into the animated version and then back. Uh, Very, very point in time video. Right. A very classic. And what year around was that? Was it also around 98? 98, yep. So it was all 98. 98. And it was also just about 98 degrees in the Bay Area today. So just saying. Wow, there it's we go. There's a whole bunch of 98 going on today. <laughs> if, if there's anything out there where number 98 is an option to win something, you guys should use 98. That's the lucky number. Today. 
today. Do it, do it. Uh, so some other miscellany. Avatar, as we all know, is coming back to theaters uh, for the multiple sequels that Disney's producing. But the original Avatar itself is coming back to theaters this September 23rd as a re-release. And um, number one, I think I might actually go. It's been so long since I've seen the movie. And then to watch it as it's meant to be, like on the big screen, is pretty cool. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Um... I guess maybe. When is it coming? September 23rd? Yeah. And then I Probably believe not. this ha- this Christmas <laughs> is the movie, the part two, I think. I mean, I might rewatch it at home. I did watch it quite a few times in the movie theater um, when it came out. Uh, but I guess I guess you're right. It is definitely a cinematic movie. So maybe, the, maybe I will. You can talk me long, into it. And the long movies like this, I can't sit at home and watch them anymore. Like, I need to be trapped in the theater without my phone. Like, True. That's a very good point. <laughs> I do helpful. like the trapped and having to focus on something is right. an aspect of that. Uh, you know what I can't do anymore these days, though, is the 3D glasses. So I hope it's just regular 2D. Oh, right. They, it doesn't right. do anything for me anymore. It just, like, gives me a headache. Uh, but <laughs> I wanted to bring this up because my theory is... They want to get Avatar back to the number one spot on the box office. And this is how they always do it. Disney will re-release like Star Wars or the Avengers Part 1. And then basically they all just keep trading places on like the top five uh, right. over time. Which is funny because it's still mostly all Disney. Uh, but that's my theory is that sure they're releasing it so that people can get hyped for the next uh, Avatar. But also, you know, get another 500 grand or 1 million up in there in that box right office. yeah Pretty i mean cool. i definitely don't blame them and uh good luck with that though is getting number one slot for that <laughs> yeah saying. right i didn't do the <laughs> research to see what the differences they have to make up uh, but that's definitely my theory um another movie related release update is so do you remember well of course we remember john lassiter <laughs> former right. ceo of pixar um, disgraced is the word that I see a lot when they talk about him in articles. But yeah, so he left Pixar uh, allegedly on his own um, for potential misconduct allegations that could have been reported and got out before they could be. So that's that. But he uh, very quietly became the head of a brand new uh, studio called Skydance Animation. Um, they were already around, but he came in to like really blow it up and make it big. Apple is now the one who distributes Skydance Animation's films. And so they had their first movie, like the big feature-length Skydance movie. Apple was banking on it. Lasseter was banking on it. It's called Luck. Have you heard of it? I have not. Exactly. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's sad about it is... Uh, it is heavily advertised on like Apple TV, which is also very niche. Like not that many people actually subscribe to Apple TV Plus that I know of, uh, but it is on there and it looks so bad. Like just the poster or, you know, like the little button for it looks really bad and it's getting horrible reviews. Like it's like Whoops. it's a bomb, like under 20% Rotten Tomatoes and um so I took under a look- 20% on Rotten Tomatoes? Under, Ouch. under, under yeah. And the- the thing is, like, it, it makes me question what did John Lasseter actually bring to Pixar? Sure, he had the ideas, but from the animation end, it's really low quality. There's full-on right. scenes where the background is just not even moving. It's just still, and then only the animated characters are moving. And this is I like am CG. curious to know that. 
too because he a lot of people were saying when we all still thought he was cool yeah. we all were saying that he's like the new walt disney right like he had that um imagination curiosity and like drive to like try things that we haven't tried before and like he he takes risks um so i guess this was another one of those risks <laughs> <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so i mean i'll leave everybody to their own opinion um I, I didn't I didn't like the scenes I watched. I couldn't even sit through it. Uh, Jerry had it on the background while he was doing work because he said, oh, I want to put something on that I'm not interested in. I was like, wait, oh, why shoot. are you watching animated films? And he's like, no, I'm not really watching it. Uh, but if you want to know what the story is, so Luck uh, is about this sort of other realm in which anything related to Luck exists. So like, I guess like uh, there's actually a black cat. So I think it's also bad luck and just how these little creatures and animals interact with some girl who's on a quest like it's not really original either it's kind of right. sounds like yeah. it but it's yeah so there it is on to the next uh you know my thoughts on... oh wait no no oh. i have a quick thing oh yeah yeah quick thing about john Lasseter. i just want to say because it's pretty funny so i've only had two in-person interactions with john Lasseter. not actually like me talking to him or anything but like when he was around me both at Disneyland Resort. One was at D23 Expo when he, like, we went to Trader Sam's after the Expo trying to, like, have fun. And we're at the Expo. It was great. He had the whole place, like, bought out for the night or whatever. Like, he had it oh, at wow. capacity with his people and nobody could get in. So I was already mad at John Lasseter. <laughs> and then the second time, this is the best, we saw him at the Royal Street Veranda, which is that restaurant up next to Pirates of the Caribbean. And he bought like clam chowder bread bowl or something or gumbo, whichever one it was, a bread bowl nonetheless without the bread bowl. And we're like, what kind of person gets it without the bread bowl? And then the best quote ever was from Michael, our friend Michael, um, who's at the end of our podcast every episode. He, when we found out about the um, allegations with John Lasseter, he just kind of mumbled. He's like, oh, it all makes sense now. I was like, what? And he goes, the bread bowl. And I was like, oh my god, you're so stupid. It's so funny. Like somebody is just off and you and He's you like, we should have known he was not a good guy. It's a weirdo. Uh, what a bummer. Disappointing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh Giancarlo Esposito. Okay, so he's an actor that has been showing up everywhere like over the last 10 years, more so the last couple of years, since he made his sort of big mark on Hollywood as Gus. What Gus Fring? Is that his last name? On Breaking Fring. Bad. Gus Fring, one of the main baddies on Breaking Bad. Uh, so Giancarlo Esposito. I bring him up because he's being put everywhere, which is great. Good for him. He's getting casted. But at this point, it's so typecasted that it takes me out of whatever I'm watching because I just see Gus Fring in space for example when he's in the in the mandalorian that actor i'm like oh it's gus but in space in star wars and then he was also in the show the boys on amazon prime we mentioned that every now and then on the podcast not disney but that superhero show he it plays feels gus, like it <laughs> right he plays gus fring as the corporate villain of the like it's yeah. still gus um and the latest rumor is he might be cast as one of the major villains in the upcoming MCU Avenger phases. And rumors are it could be anything from Doctor Doom or even bigger like Galactus. And I'm just not excited because it's going to be the same. It's going to be Gus, but in Marvel. <laughs> what do you think? Right. I know. I know your whole thing with him. But I 
didn't necessarily feel the same way as you until last night because after the season finale of Better Call Saul, I watched an interview with, it was short, but it was, it was with the Giancarlo uh, Esposito, same guy you're talking about, and his like normal personality was shining through. And I'm like, oh, he's not always that character. Because you know sometimes when somebody acts in different roles and they're kind of like very similar, it's because that's how they are normally. Yeah. Like it yeah. kind of is like they can't get out of that, but he obviously can because he's, not it's that so person true. in real life. I, and so once I saw that, I was like, oh, he needs to step it up then and be like a whole different character for a change. It really is. I saw something similar and he was just like in civilian clothes instead of like a power suit. Right. And it's like his little like tie weird. perfectly put together. Yeah, it's like seeing your teacher at the mall. I was like, wait a minute. That's not right. That's not him. So you're right. He <laughs> he does have range and he just keeps getting casted as the same person. So maybe we will have a twist and maybe Marvel will cast him as like not a villain at all. Maybe he's like Professor X, which was also a Ooh. fan. Uh, when I was watching a video about the rumors, uh, people said it's unlikely that he's cast as Professor X, but that was what the fans wanted. If he is in the MCU, could be cool. Now that's interesting. So would you be okay if he played Profe Professor X, however he's still acting exactly yes, the same? I would, because I think <laughs> I, I'd love to see Gus and his like um, stern leadership used on the good guy side like what okay would okay could Fair. be interesting could be interesting i could see him i could see professor x coming off with those vibes exactly like us but right? in a good way and disney right. loves to win with some of these like different castings that might not be the exact race from the comic book true cool. yep so we'll be on the lookout for that he is possibly joining the mcu um we are going in September, October, on Halloween to... On Halloween, Mickey's yes, not almost so November. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shoot, October 31st. We're going to be at Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. We also have Boo Bash coming up in a few weeks. Um, but just before the first event no, started... No, no, no Boo Bash. <laughs> oh, wait, we're not... Oogie Boogie Bash. Oh, what's Boo Bash? <laughs> Remember, Boo Bash was like the limited version of Mickey's Not-So-Scary. OMG, look at these out-of-the-bag names. I can't keep them straight. I love it. Okay, I love so... it. They're like forever going to be mixed up. <laughs> Just like that Minnie's Moonlight Magic. Um, okay, so Oogie Boogie Bash is coming up at Disneyland in a few weeks. We will be there. And then Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is back. Used to be Boo Bash at Disney World. And they were releasing all kinds of updates. But then all of a sudden, the event started, like, of course, very early. So you and I are Gosh, trying I to stay Gosh, I can't believe it when away. you said that. So quick. It's, like, it's hot. Already? It's too hot. People are in their costumes. It's crazy. <sighs> uh, but neither of us really want to start looking because we want to get excited when we get there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I might be willing to look a little bit closer to, but... Or maybe I should do it now so that I forget by the time we go. <laughs> right. My thing is sometimes with these limited uh, or special events, I don't want to miss anything. And what if we don't yeah. know something was offered? You it's know? really hard to balance like missing something versus it not being a surprise. Because sometimes when you go to the thing, it's no longer exciting or like, yeah. you know. But then also sometimes things sound exciting and they're not. So looking into them also could be helpful of just skipping it all together, right? Right. And, and you wouldn't know either. Uh, the thing that we did see and we posted about is Max from Goof Troop is debuting at the party with a 90s like dance street party, which I am very excited about. Me too. That's going to be cute. Plan to spend entirely too long there. 
<laughs> and I might actually watch a goofy movie <laughs> at some point between now and then because I still haven't seen the whole thing. Oh, no, not all the way through. Not all I had the to way watch through. it that one time and that was it. Goofy. I haven't seen it since. <laughs> um, now, my question is for you. There are some things that I saw that are definitely spoilers, but there's no way you could miss it. So just letting you know, if you don't look, there are some things that I'll try to keep an eye on and maybe take the spoiler hits to make sure it's still a surprise for you. Take but, one for the team. Yeah, but there's one that I just cannot wait for you to see. Oh, my oh God. shoot. Okay. At the Disney World, okay. at the Disney World event. Um, all right, more news. There's, there's a few highlights that uh, some of these updates are related to in terms of that earnings call that people have heard about over the last couple of weeks that Disney did. But some of the things that popped out of there that really piqued my interest and operational mindset was, okay, Disney Plus <laughs> now is going to have an ad version. So you can watch Disney Plus with ads. And it's around, I believe, the same price as what we're paying now. And then they're going to be adding an ad-free tier where it's a little bit more of a premium and then you pay that monthly price. So it's kind of a big deal because a company or a platform like Netflix never caved to ads or have not yet. And that's part of what makes it special. It's like streaming is was originally supposed to be like just no ads and then Hulu came around and there's ads. Uh, what are your mm. thoughts on that? And which tier are you going to do? Um, it's hard. So is there going to be an ad right in the middle of my movie? Ah, that is the question we need answered. So there's no clarification on that. They had said something along the lines of the, the amount of time per programming chunk. I don't remember exactly, but for example, it was something like four minutes for every 45 minutes or something, uh, but didn't say if it was going to be up front or in the middle or staggered. And that makes a difference, right? Like interrupting your program. Oh, yeah. I don't want like, yeah, no, I'd probably would pay for the no ad version if they're going to interrupt the film. Um, to be honest, like, I, actually, that's not true. I was going to say, to be honest, I use Disney Plus mostly for movies, but all these series right. that I love are also on Disney Plus. So, um if they do not interrupt your watching and they play at the top or the bottom or something like that, I will probably stay with the ad-free version. Um, however, I may upgrade to ad, uh, ad-free ad if they do interrupt things. That will probably be the line I have to draw. And I feel like as the creative people who make the those TV shows like Mandalorian and WandaVision, it's, they need to know in advance because you have to – edit it right, right. with the fade you have to, like out. plan for a commercial break yeah. basically <laughs> it, like yeah. fades and then you come back sometimes it starts where it left off uh so yeah it's gonna be weird we've seen that a lot in um tv series that started on channels like hbo and then become syndicated sex in the city is the biggest culprit like when you watch it on tbs it's literally sped up so that they have enough time for the ads it's like 1.2 speed and then, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, it's it's really really odd, and so I hope they don't screw up Disney Plus. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, no, I'm good on that. Real <laughs> That'll be another another line I will draw. <laughs> right. Um, good news I'll is my five dollars, please. <laughs> good news. Uh, I'll mention ahead of our D23 Expo segment, which is later. But I am hearing that those of us who signed up for that really amazing, I think it's like three four year package when it first launched at the expo, we are going to have an opportunity to renew again 
this Wait, are you serious? Expo, I didn't hear this. Yeah, this was re- like the last couple days. And so they haven't announced the details, but the uh, news is that there will be some way for that that group. Remember we were even called yeah. uh, something. What is it called when you're the first? Charter Club. We are Disney oh, Plus yeah. Charter Club. Uh, that will have an opportunity to renew another big chunk at a lower subscription. So there you go. Ooh, I love that. I okay. haven't thought about it. I was going to say that as a joke. Like, I wonder if at the D23 panel, they'll allow us to go sign up for another three years. Yep. <laughs> I guess so. They Shoot. are. And I, what I hope they do is is um, make it more clear about the different packages. So where I don't know if anyone else has the situation, but I pay for Hulu, Hulu Plus Live TV. No ads. It's a mouthful. And it actually still has ads. So it's it's miss or it's false advertising <laughs> and then i have the Your disney face. plus <laughs> the disney like plus that we got from the d23 so i have kind of like a mess of subscriptions and the way they're bundling it just like old school cable if you get as a regular consumer not at the expo if you get the package of hulu disney and espn any version you want like ads or no ads the total is going to always be cheaper if you get all three than if you get two and like, I right. don't need ESPN. What? They're like forcing <laughs> you. I don't like that. Right. Yeah. And I was thinking about that too, because we got that really good deal. And I don't think you could beat it. I think it came down to like less than $4 yeah, a month. So, wow. so regardless, I don't think you could have beat it. But I was, when I was thinking about the package, I was like, oh man, I do pay for Hulu separately. So maybe that would have been cheaper if I had just done the bundle. But I think it came out, it didn't feel as as good knowing that that was there because I didn't get such a steal with my Disney Plus. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we'll see what we are offered at the expo. Uh, But on that note, Disney Plus has been doing really well. I know a few episodes ago we talked about how, uh, you know, the theory of Disney's business really focusing on Disney Plus so that they could outdo Netflix. Well, they finally did. So Disney Plus subscriber, well, let me word this carefully. Disney, the Walt Disney Company, has surpassed Netflix with 220 million, uh, 221 million subscriptions. Wow. 220 million subscriptions. That is bizarre to even think that that many people could ever be watching the same show as you. I don't know. It's just <laughs> yes, like the weirdest so thing. Weird. And they just beat it by a hair. Netflix has 220, according to their last report. Um, now here's where we can break it down and have some fun. So Netflix means 220 subscriptions. To me, that doesn't mean households because Netflix is the antithesis of sharing passwords. You know? <laughs> right. And for a long time, they didn't really care. That was like almost secretly part of their model. So there, to me, there's more, more than 220 households or people watching Netflix, which I think is still more than Disney. Now, I say that because Disney's also fudging the numbers a little bit here. So the 221 million is a combination of Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN. Is that cheating? What do you think about that? Oh, wait. That's fudging the numbers to me. What do you think? Wait, for all Hulu? It's separately? Total. Yeah, they're totaling it all. So it's not just Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, no, that's not the same thing. Right? (laughs) No, just Disney Plus. Disney Plus or the bundle, one or the other, not just Hulu. Yeah, they're combining the three things. And then going back to how some of us have these weird staggered plans, they're like counting me twice in here. And Oh, shoot, me too. Right? So we know with like data and stuff, it's, you know, 
I have the okay, beholder. Okay, no, so Netflix is still way above in Netflix, my opinion. Exactly. I completely agree with you. They're still way above. And they're very careful. They're saying Walt Disney Company has subscriptions, not Disney Plus. Right. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. At least they're not lying. However, that's all we're going to think about. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> Tricksters. Disney Plus on its own, for context, has 152 million subscribers. So if they are trying to wow. only compete with Netflix via Disney Plus, they still have about 70 million to go. Um, yeah, so they're still a bit far back. I'm surprised that only, so that only means like 71 million or 70 million or whatever is broken between ESPN and Hulu. Yeah. I'm surprised that Hulu isn't near contention with Netflix. You know what I mean? I thought that that many people also had Hulu. Really? So, wow. Yeah. I never thought about it. Now they think about that. I thought Hulu was like really the only one out there. Like nobody. We, yeah. What else? Like are Prime you, like, Video comes with Prime, so it doesn't really count. Like and I, I Prime is crap. Also, there's like, like ninety like percent of what I look for on there, you have to pay for. So it's like yeah. this isn't even a thing. I keep getting like softcore porn on Prime. Do you get? Do you see those? <laughs> what? And I'm like, what? There's rabbit holes of Prime Video. Like the worst. You know how on Amazon regular. Um, so I don't know if many people know this, but anybody can publish a book on Amazon, an ebook. Like I could post one tomorrow and publish it and make money off it. Right. And it seems like they do the same thing with Prime Video. Like you could just make an indie film and put it on there. And oh my gosh, how I'm funny! Like, I did not realize that either. Is this? Yeah, there's some really, really low budge, not good stuff on there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, tangent. But uh, my thing with data and quarterly business results and all that and how they're fudging it around for the shareholders, it brings us to the next topic, which is a hot topic in Disney fandom right now, specifically Disneyland, which is at the <laughs> earnings call um, and in subsequent uh, interviews, the executives, including Bob Chapek, has said that, you know, the Disney company is doing so well, including Disney parks, with the exception of an unfavorable attendance mix at the Disneyland Resort that is preventing them from making hitting some of the numbers they want in Disneyland. So there are so many theories, videos, Instagrams of what this means and how people feel about it. <laughs> what do you think? I truthfully have thought about this a lot, and I, I don't know. Um, like, what is unfavorable to them when they're paying to get in your park? Is it just annual pass magic key holders? Like, is that it? Like, is there – who else is unfavorable to them? People that don't purchase merchandise or food? Like, what does it mean? I really – don't know and i haven't looked into people's theories i was just offended enough by them calling <laughs> yeah. anyone unf unfavorable attendance so that I was like all right i'm done there <laughs> it's i i agree with you on on all of those notes so i feel like i i'm trying to look at this as both a customer a fan and a business person because we have to go back to this is a quarterly earnings call and there is a time where disney fans were not listening to these type of things um, not that I know yeah. <laughs> of, especially before social media. So they were speaking in finance language for the shareholders. And, you know, you and I have both sat through our different company town halls and finance updates. This is how they talk. It's boring. Uh, demographics are talked about as if the people are just numbers. Uh, but that's literally what the point of that presentation is. So I wasn't offended too much because I get what they're saying. But they know better and they know people are listening. That's the whole thing is 
is they know that they know that they're scrutinized with a magnifying glass. So just like that other flub last year when the CFO said they're going to make the portions smaller food wise at the parks to benefit our waistlines. And that flew back in her face. So it just surprised me that nobody caught this. <laughs> yeah. right? Like, where's the comms or PR person who didn't write a line through this and say, wait, say something else. So like that actually yeah. doesn't sound very nice. It doesn't sound nice. Now, I did uh, look through a lot of different fan theories from both like business people and just regular fans. And what I'm seeing is along the lines of what you said is people are trying to define what unfavorable attendance mix and mix means. And since we're not on like with the marketing team at Disney, we don't really know how they're breaking this down. Uh, the Everyone's jumping to the gun that this means all magic key pass holders at Disneyland. But what I'm hearing from um, people is that it's probably sub-segments within the Magic Key program. So I think they have Magic Key customers that they love, and they're the ones that are like us who go there and we freaking spend all the money that we have in our right. wallets and we eat everything. <laughs> we'll try all the new stuff and we still post about it. So there's no way. Saying, and right? then we spend half of our time paying customers to tell other people and sell it to other people technically without exactly. getting paid to do that yeah. for them. <laughs> and, and there's no way that, that that type of customer demographic fits into what they're calling unfavorable. There just is no way. So they must have all these words for different types of groups. Maybe the annual pass people who don't spend money and they just show up. I don't know. And then all the other ones that you said, which are just regular people who the park who might not be buying Genie Plus or they're not buying food. They're bringing their own food and going in the picnic section at the front of the park. So there's all kinds of unfavorables. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they should they should have learned. And now we already see the backlash. We have funny memes. There's T-shirts. Jeez Louise. I love it. Unfavorable. I think I might need one. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's funny. It's like in the Magic Key logo font. Yeah, <laughs> that, is... like, gradient. <laughs> Breaking news here on the Disney Holic Show. We have some brand new, hot off the press topics to discuss. Wow. Um, one just came out this morning. We are recording the evening before this podcast airs. So Tuesday morning, the information on Disney Magic Key uh, sorry, Disneyland Magic Key Renewals finally came. We've been waiting for it. We've been stressing on it. We've been curious right? about it. <laughs> yeah, and it is here, and we have all the details now. So I am here to go over all of it for you. So um, first and foremost, they uh, have removed the Dream Key. So the Dream Key currently was the top tier pass, the one with no blockouts. Um, you had the highest like percentage discounts, all the things, right, um, that we've seen in the past, similar uh, with free parking and all that stuff. So there's no longer a dream key, and it has been uh, replaced with a new key called the Inspire Key. The dream key is the one that the lawsuit completely revolves yes. around, right? And so that's the one that's yes. gone. That's funny. Yep. And so that's where I'm thinking, like, okay, they couldn't figure it out. They were trying so hard. They had to hold back this news. And they're like, you know what? Let's just make a whole other key. Right. <laughs> and get rid of that one and not screw up the entire Magic Key thing. Because I was thinking, like, are they going to switch it again? They had annual passes. Now we're calling them Magic Keys. Are we going to have to have something completely different? But you're right. It's only the Dream Key that was under this 
uh, lawsuit. So we actually only have to worry about that specific one. So here it is. They have replaced it with the Inspire key. Um, very similar in uh, details, but we'll go over those in a second. So first I want to compare the pricing because that's always everyone's first thing, right? So the Dream Key currently that everybody has is was $1,399. The Inspire Key is $200 more at $1,599. Now, some of these have increases, and I think the increases are pretty, they're like on the high end of the average increase we see. So it's not super surprising. They didn't like go through the crazy roof. And yes, it is very, inex or not inexpensive, it is very expensive and unaffordable for most. <laughs> However, um, we are used to seeing these increases and most of us knew that it was coming. So I think this is okay. Um, and then for the other keys, which are still named all the same. So we have the Believe key that was at 949 and it is now going to be 1099 so $150 bump on that one. Then we have the Enchant key, which was 649 It's gonna be 699 with a $50 increase. Uh, the Imagine key was 399 now it's going to be $449 with a $50 increase. And um, yeah, so that's the new pricing. That'll be from whenever you uh, had your pass through the end of that annual uh, year. So kind of interesting, I guess. I don't know. What do you think about those prices? I think the, the prices seem inevitable because it's been, what, like a year the right the which you're going to get into the details that it's the block out dates that have me shook in terms of shook oh good i need to hear about this because i actually am not shook by that so let's get to that in a second so let's see what else here i have um ba -ba -ba. yeah so straight into benefits um a couple things that stayed exactly the same were the amount of reservations per pass. And there were also a few things mentioned in the, uh, I keep calling the investor call, the earnings call, that I had thought things were going to change because of that. For instance, they said, maybe we shouldn't have so many blockout dates and we need to get people in the parks more often. So it seemed like they're going to loosen up a little bit on blockout dates or um, have more reservations available. One thing they also mentioned about reservations that that was really interesting on the earnings call is that it's a lever. They can like pull and release that lever whenever they want. So if it's getting too crazy, they can like say, hey, we need to pull back on the believe key a little bit, lessen the reservations, and then like loosen it up for the inspire key or something. So it's kind of interesting that they uh, have this capability now. It's important to point out that it's, again, it's Chapek using his words, in this case, wisely. So that whole part where he was talking about the using it as a lever, he made sure that he said, we have the capability, but we don't see us having a dampened attendance enough to use it. So there you go. That's yeah, why yeah. we're not going to see anything beneficial yet, at least until the parts right. die down, which most people think and know they're not going to anytime soon, right? Yeah. But the thing about that, though, is that they have to sometimes, and we saw that a lot, the lever, we saw it a bunch through this first year, right? So at the beginning, there was like never any reservations available. And then it got to a point where you can almost get a reservation all the time unless it's a Saturday or something. So we saw that lever being pushed and pulled a lot already. So interesting dynamics. It doesn't... almost, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's interesting about that that I forgot to mention when we were talking about unfavorable attendance people is uh, <laughs> what it sounds like in the way you're describing the, the way they use a lever is 
they're optimizing the way the park operates, which is how anything works these days with all the data that we can gather about people, whether it's on their phones, attendance, um, just every single data point you can gather, and then using that to get to the best possible business outcome in the park. Mm -hmm. The downside of that, and I've seen it working at companies, is if you only rely on the data and you don't have creative people at the top, the customer experience is just its going to go down. It's going to slide down because it's not always about hitting the numbers and making it perfect for the bottom line, right? It's just, it's not good. It's making me worried. Yeah, yeah, definitely true. And the part that gets me worried the most about this lever thing is that regardless of what the blockout days say, like the way they pull and push that lever can really add on blockout days essentially, Yeah. right? Without your any... Like, you can't sign up for that ahead of time. Like, you have to just see how it rolls out. So that's, like, a little scary, too. <laughs> um, but anyway, so for other things that stay the same, the discounts on the merchandise and food and beverage is exactly the same on all the, t- all the tiers. Um, and they are still allowing payment plans on said passes that allowed them before. So uh, that was another big rumor that they're going to get rid of payment plans. Is that a uh, California resident? only option still is that how it was yes okay yeah sorry yes um so yeah so we all thought that was gonna go it's still there so um let's get on to changes now so some of the updates they're pretty exciting not gonna lie i'm I'm excited about these um the genie plus now has a discount for all levels so every single magic key holder gets a 20 percent discount off the genie plus not enough if you ask me I would like like a 50%, 50 discount. Right. It is <laughs> it is pretty right. wonderful. What I'm what I'm thinking is this is where the data does help. So perhaps they are looking at the unfavorable mix and they would they want to test how to get more magic key pass holders to buy Genie Plus, right? And then right. they they will be able to see as soon as that discount launches whether or not that discount has an impact. I mean, that's the fun part of data, but it, you know, it's interesting. Right. Yep. So that's that's cool. I know I am not a big Genie Plus advocate myself because of the fact of like going to the parks. I usually only go like a half day in the evening. So like sometimes they're all sold out by then. Like I just don't need to use it often. So, but if it was like discounted or the annual fee, remember how we used to be able to buy into MaxPass for right. an entire year yeah. for like an initial 75 bucks or hundred bucks or whatever. Um, I would definitely 100% buy into that. No, no, not even a thought. I would just like take my money done but this is now like every time I have to make a decision if I feel like using this pass and mm. if it's going to work for me or not. So then you're thinking kind of about it the there. whole day. You're like, oh, I spent this much money on it. I can't go back yeah, to the hotel. I feel like a pressure to use it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, all right. So parking before they used to give free parking for the top tier, um, and then the next tier under the top tier they would give half off parking, and then everyone else would have to pay full price. Now they have added um, the same for the top tier. Um, top two tiers, but the bottom two tiers now have 25% discount on parking, but they're only allowed to park at the Toy Story lot. <laughs> I saw that. That's Is so that the weirdest tacky. thing? That's so sad and like othering. They're like othering. Yes, yeah. it's like peasant, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> I feel it's rude. Like, oh, here you can park here. You have to pay 75% and you have to park in the toy. Like, what? It's one thing if it was like, that's where you could go for free as a magic yeah key. right yeah. right right nope still gotta pay 75 percent and park in that lot that nobody likes well lots of people like to park in it but 
Um, it's just, it's weird. It feels very weird. I don't like that they did that. And then also, if you think about that, the top, the bottom two tiers are the people who are going the least likely, right? Or not least likely, but they're going the least. Oh, they have the least have, amount of days to yeah, go. The yeah, the least amount of passes or days to go. Um, are they even going to know the Toy Story lot compared to the other one? Are they going to, I feel like that's going to be a circus. People are going to be in that long line at Mickey and Friends, not be able to get in and turned around it's gonna be a mess so i'm not happy about that one at all i think it's silly i don't even have one of those passes and i don't like it <laughs> i don't even park at the parks so it's one of those things where so far the the perks you listed are so nice or decent and then this one they would have just been better off not touching parking in that way yeah it just stings <laughs> it's some, like i don't know Ugh. totally yeah i get you if they did the free only toy story lot i'd be like okay fine but no 75 percent um all right, and the very next one is the biggest change and the one you're going to like the most. Do you know what it is? Is it shopping related? Nope. It is unlimited photo, photo pass. pass. Oh, what? yeah. Finally, we can get all this our is... Disneyland picks. Love it. Yeah. So this is for the top two tiers only, which I love because now you're going to have to use my photo pass for a change. I was going to say, darn, I wish they could make it so you could just add on like at Six Flags or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like the other thing. Um, But yeah, so we will have photo pass uh, as soon as we renew, which darn, I'm not going to be renewed by the time D23. Oh, it's still technically your other pass, right? Yeah, I'm through like mid-October or something. Wait, does this mean, I think, uh, whenever the renewal starts later this August, do all the keys if you have that one? Or do you have Dream and you're going to Inspire? I have Believe and I'm staying with Believe. I bet you the perks kick in just for Believe in general, right? Not not so Well, I can't. So the renewals are only 30 days within your renewal time. So I started mine. Actually, I don't know. I need to look into that. I don't know if it's when you bought it versus when you activated it. Because it could be something like, let's say they say all new perks are effective September 1. doesn't matter which year you're on. As long as you have Believe, you might get that thing. We'll see. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Yep, yep. That's a good question. I like that one. Um, But yes, very excited about that. I have not been taking any photos because I haven't had the photo pass now. And like, I kind of miss it. I do. Because at Disney World, we go nuts with the photos. We do. We go bananas. (laughs) Um, All right. So those are the big changes. And then we also have some changes in block out dates, which I heard Mike is on fire. Let's hear. Why are you on fire? Do you want me to talk about it first or do you want to just dive right in? uh... The bottom line is, and, and you could share the full details, but there there is now no premium pass option that has zero blockout dates, which helps with their you know class action suit because that was a big piece of contention was that mm-hmm. the people who had the dream key had no blockout dates. However, people with tickets that just purchased tickets were available, had days that they were available to reserve that showed out as unavailable to dream key people. Yep. And I For think reservations. that's a very clear cut issue, like whether or not you think they should sue or not. It was kind of a problem. Like you say there's no blockout date. So then nobody should be able to get in if the park is full, but you're saying people with tickets could buy it. So uh, that's where it gets sticky. And so it sounds like, I don't know why, but 
They basically put blockout dates everywhere, including the top tier Inspire key, which I think is like most of the holidays. What are the details there? But that's why I'm I'm weirded out about it, by the way. Yeah, no, no, totally makes sense. It's valid. Um, I also believe this is the first time we've ever had a pass with, or we've never, we haven't had a pass with no blockout dates ever. Like this is the first. Um, well, so Signature that's also Plus. Interesting. I, I had at one point and it was like you could just go. There was like no thinking, yeah. right? And now yeah. that type of thing is just gone. So anyone who wants to be bougie like me and just, and just you know, rip the bandaid off and just get the most expensive thing so you don't have to worry about it, that option is gone. And that's yeah. weird. That it's is. weird for Disney. They usually want... It is have, weird. You know, concierge level, club level. Right. <laughs> yep. Oh, I just see what you... I know why Mike's mad now. Premiere. <laughs> I want that premiere. They never brought he it back. It all inclusive like yep carry me in carry me out exactly like mariah <laughs> just walk me out mariah, on the chair. bring an umbrella think. for me because i'm gonna need it <laughs> exactly. yes i want the pass that um, comes with also comes with the plaid vip <laughs> right oh my god that would be amazing Imagine? that's a magic key to me we should armchair so, that one yeah. someday because that would be an interesting price for that one <laughs> um but it's interesting that you bring up the signature plus so Real quickly, I should have said this back when I was talking about pricing, but I wanted to take a look back at 2019 pricing because it kind of makes me feel a little better about our current pricing. Um, so remember I told you the dream key was $13.99, right? When it started back up in 2021. In 2019, two years before that, it was um, the Disney Signature Plus was the highest level and that one was also $13.99. So it was like the same price. Um, you didn't see any price increase there. And then just a step below it, the next tier down is the Believe Key. We paid $9.49 for that one. However, when we used to have the Disney Signature, not the Signature Plus, that was $1,149. So it was $200 more for that pass. So I remember when I bought my Believe Key, I was like, man, I'm saving a whole bunch of money this time. Like I feel better because... I have reservations now to deal with and maybe some more blockout dates. Um, right. So I guess they were treating some of the lower tier passes a little better on pricing because there are more blockout dates. Like the Believe Key was the one that used to only have Christmas blocked out. And now it's more than just Christmas, oh. right? So Oh, so they did add to the ones with the same names that didn't change name-wise. No. So, sorry. So... I actually compared the new blockout dates to the ones from the first round of Magic Keys, and they're pretty much exactly the blah, 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 exactly the same except for the highest tier that we now see oh, only okay. Christmas That's blocked good. out. That's good to yeah. hear. So those aren't changing, just the price is upping. I was talking about 2019 to Would you say the, 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 signature, the signature regular of 2019 is comparable to the Inspire key? Yes. Interesting. Yes. And what is yeah. the pricing there? Do you have that up? I'm curious. Yeah. So the the Inspire key is $15.99 and the Disney Signature Passport from 2019 was $1,149. Whoa. Bazunga. Yeah. Calabunga. Okay. So that's a big difference. You're right. So um, those blockout dates, by the way, for the Inspire key, which is the top tier now, is only December 21st through the 1st of January. So again, that whole like holiday vacation time is blocked out. Um, like Mike is saying, we used to see on the signature passport. So <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but that's all they have. And then it bleeds down to the other passes, which have like just 
like the believe key has like sprinkled ones throughout the year which we never used to have on that level um and then all the other ones are exactly the same as well so they've they've basically i almost identical block out dates is what we had in the last round so that is good to know so if you already have them and you're used to your block out dates it'll be similar if not exactly the same it's interesting the uh like knowing as, as super fans we know so much about like that class action lawsuit so all of the new um information that has been posted by disney on the website and email there are so many asterisks <laughs> on the side of these little perks. There's one that I saw that had five asterisks, meaning it's already oh the, my God, the fifth it. one. Yeah. And they're trying to cover all their butts. And the and the way it describes the blockout versus reservation available is like very clear now, which which is good. They should have done that in the first place. But yeah. it's, it's interesting seeing this. And the reason I bring that up is on this Reddit thread that I was going um, deep into where fans were sort of discussing the uh, that verbiage again of of uh, the attendee unfavorable attendees. Someone was trying to defend it really great, and I and I support this. Defend uh, whatever team is behind Magic Key. They said, "Hey, you guys need to remember that regardless of what these tough decisions, price increases, class action lawsuit, there's obviously a department or team that's dedicated." to making the Magic Key program like as amazing for Magic Key holders as possible. Like that's their job. Right. And of course they have to push back against the corporate stuff, but there is a team dedicated to that. And that makes me happy because then you see all these perks listed there and I'm like, okay, we're still being taken care of. And a right. lot of the cool surprises now and then or pop-ups in the, the cafe or whatever that's called, you know. Yeah, no, it's nice. And do you remember the anxiety we all had when they brought back the magic keys for the first time when we yeah. didn't have any or announced them at all? We didn't even know what they were going to be called. Yeah. Swirling around, we thought it was going to be like the worst thing ever. And then they came out, and we we're all like, "Oh, yeah, okay, this is actually this isn't that bad." And we're all like, "Oh, I'm kind of saving a little money here, and mm -hmm. it's okay. A couple more block updates, what ifs? Like it was." It was a good feeling. So that, that team has to be working very hard yeah. to bring this all out. Yeah. And we've both whew. been on the inside in our private lives at working at companies where we're trying to make things amazing for like employees, but we can't just do it. Like there's a lot of red tape. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I am going to say about the blockouts that I am very curious to see what Christmas will look like this year. All ticket like, holders only, right? Yeah, like, are is everyone going to buy individual tickets? And almost in that case, if you are going to get the Inspire, you might as well go ahead and add, if you do Christmas, add, like, 200 bucks on top. Right. Just mentally that you're going to have to at least buy a, a day ticket or whatever at that peak season. So that's almost like a $17.99 ticket instead. Yeah. It's Pretty I crazy. think it's going to, it is going to change, like, buyer decision habits. I'm curious how. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like this is going to yeah. be the lightest Christmas that we've seen in a long time, but I could be wrong. So yeah. it could just be as just I, as crazy as normal. I feel like I can't even predict. I know for me personally, at, at least today, after hearing all that, I'm not going to renew. Um, <gasps> I'm just going to keep buying tickets when I go because I'm further oh, away, you know, and I don't yeah. know when I'm going to go. So I just <laughs> feel like at this point, it's so complicated that my best bet if I want to actually get into the park is to just buy a ticket for the day I'm going to go. <laughs> Cause it's like, oh, yeah, especially with our mishap that one time. Yeah, it's like, like that's the only <laughs> way. 
that you're almost guaranteed to be able to get it in. You're still not guaranteed, but yeah. that's the only um, attendee group, so to speak, that seems to have the most access to reservations beyond magic yeah. people. So. Yeah. I was thinking about with Jacob, especially because he doesn't go anywhere as often as I do. But the thing that's hard about it is the mental part of having a magic key is like we love, especially Jacob and I and you and I actually, we love like hanging out and chilling in the daytime or going and doing something else and then going to the park for like a half day. It's like, is that going to still feel good when we have a full day ticket right. purchased and then only use it from 6 p.m. to midnight? Like, is that going to feel all right? My stomach just turned. Because, about that? Yeah, you're right. My stomach turned. I was like, shoot. I, that is how my brain <laughs> yeah. thinks if I'm paying for a day. So yeah, I'd like have I was to, thinking about, yeah. for instance, our D23 trip, like, that's going to be like two hour days in the park at most, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> darn. So I'm going to have to like fool myself. The other reason, too, that I, I was thinking of not renewing is I got burned a little bit with Disney World because I didn't have the highest pass. And I always say, oh, I'm never going to go during Thanksgiving and Christmas. I actually wanted to go for once because I had time to go oh. and I couldn't because I had to block out. So I and I didn't want to buy tickets on top of it. Um and so that that goes to the whole thing are if, if people have a decent pass, will they still buy a ticket to go to Christmas? Um, for me, it was right. a no, but that means I had to travel, though. So maybe local people could. Who knows? Yeah, I guess it depends on like if it was a solo trip, I definitely wouldn't. But if it was like a big family trip or something like that, I probably would splurge for it. But I'd be grumpy the whole time. I would right. be thinking about it all day long. I'm like, I had to pay for today when normally I wouldn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I used my pass for a discount, I'd be like grumbling. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm yep. a pass holder, but I had to pay to get in today. I'm like, oh, I have to add my new ticket on top of my magic key into mm -hmm. my app. <laughs> <laughs> well, nonetheless, we are definitely fans of the park, and we maybe will be magic keys still, maybe not. We'll have to see how we both feel when the time comes. I know I have till mid-October you have quite some time I think right when did you activate your pass it was like a week before they said they would end the special gift <laughs> so I think it oh, was oh that's right I think October I think something like that okay okay so you're around the same time as me then um but anyways let's move on from magic keys and let's talk about other fandoms and fan clubs in general so um, I am excited to hear all about this because I personally wasn't part of many fan clubs, but were you part of any when you were young? Yes, per se? young and into adulthood. Um, I was always like a holic for whatever the fandom was. And so Disney holic, you know, that's Disney is still the number one, but there were plenty of fan clubs outside of Disney that I was a part of. And um, the funny thing is, I started thinking about what these were and listing them out so we could talk about it. Then I challenged myself to also connect everything back to Disney like we do. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about my teenage and young adult years. So yes, starting with Mariah Carey, I'm a huge fan. I wouldn't say, no, I am a huge fan. We, they, she calls us her lambs. 
<laughs> we're gonna say something funny <laughs> no no <laughs> uh, she calls us her lambs or the lamely so i'm technically a lamb love mariah she's hilarious and she's a hot mess but she's an amazing singer songwriter <laughs> but here it is uh disney connection she is the godmother of the disney fantasy cruise ship so she was there when they first launched that ship she also sang the and wrote the theme song for Oz the Great and Powerful, which was Disney's attempt to like I did not know that. reboot the Wizard of Oz franchise. I liked that movie. It was really good. It didn't turn into a series, though. But um, yeah, it, her song didn't do well either. I thought it was going to be like the new Titanic song, and I was rooting for her. Um, it's not that good. It's called Almost Home. It's cute, but not very memorable. So, uh, But yeah, so she has two Disney connections, possibly more, but those are the two that I brought up. And her fan club is uh she's one of those people like disney who pulls just these names out of the bag people make fun of her for it like rainbows and stuff do you want to <laughs> guess what her fan club is called her fan club and it's not something to do with lambs it's not the herd <laughs> you, said, uh, oh, you said turd you said herd the turds uh <laughs> no um butterflies or something yeah, like that very close she loves her butterflies it's called honey bee period fly <laughs> it's like a name honey bee fly honey which bee is fly. butterfly and bee fly and honey bee fly she's she's so cheeky that i hope people who aren't big fans they know that she does it on purpose she's just funny she likes to poke fun at herself uh, <laughs> but yeah so her fan club's called honey bee fly and you had to pay i had to pay um i think yearly subscription for this and here's what it did. She was, she's ahead of the game. So this was in the late 90s. And if you had a Honey Bee Fly membership, you could log on to her website. It looked like AOL hometown. Like it was, it was a 90s website. But she would leave voicemails. <laughs> GeoCities. GeoCities. <laughs> she would leave voicemails in the form of a WAV file that you would play on the little Windows Media Player or whatever. And it would just be her talking for like 10 minutes to us, the fans. And it That's was like cute. OnlyFans, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff before Only those fans. things existed. <laughs> Were, and she like, put the effort. She loves her fans so much. You can tell I'm fanning out right now. But she used to leave these messages that would just be like, hey, lambs. So, you know, I'm just sitting here in the studio. I'm thinking what song to record next. Like, it was just so casual. Love her. But the other point of the fan club was you got early access to concert tickets. So. That was really the true reason I signed up for it is because you almost had to sort of like sometimes at D23 Expo, you have to first sign up to be a gold member before you can get certain tickets. Right. Um, and so that was the fan club. It doesn't exist anymore to my knowledge, um, but I was a part of it for many years. That is very cute. Uh, more divas. <laughs> uh, I was a fan club of Extina, <laughs> a.k.a. Christina Aguilera. Uh, she had one too. I forgot what it was called, but this was during her dirty phase, if you remember that. <laughs> and yes. I'm the same age as her, so I was feeling it. Like she had her nose pierced, I had my nose pierced. Uh, <laughs> she was wearing chaps over her or panties over her chaps over her jeans. I was not doing that, but I was still like showing more skin <laughs> only in <laughs> private only in private i used to wear the cut off mariah jeans where you cut off the waistband so that you're like butt crack shows. oh my god i forgot about that uh-huh uh-huh what a time okay so christina aguilera i was definitely part of her fan club also for concert access purposes um her disney connection 
Do you know what that is? I do not. I mean, besides her playing at like the Christmas special stuff or something like that. Oh, that's right. She I feel does... like she was always at those things. Oh, she was a, a Mickey Mouse Club member. There you go. She is one of the Mickey <laughs> Mouse JT, Club right? members. Her and JT, right? And Britney Spears, all those people. Uh-huh. Britney Spears, Justin Timbo, Ryan Gosling. That's right, my boy. Rumored to possibly be cast as Ghost Rider in the MCU. So tangent there. Um, so anyways, yes, she's from Mickey Mouse Club as a kid. And uh, she rose to stardom as a pop singer when she sang Reflection for the Mulan soundtrack. And that's what Aww. made her big. And there's a that's really right. cool story behind that is um, Disney, uh, the people who were writing that song, I, I don't remember. I don't want to misspeak. It's like Diane Warren and those people. Whoever it was, they called her and she auditioned over the phone on a landline. And um, she wasn't like a nobody. You know, she was a singer from Mickey Mouse Club. But she auditioned and they said, we need you to do this certain key that only Whitney Houston can do. And can you do it? And here's the song Whitney does it. And you have to be able to do it. like, hold my beer. Hold my beer. And she did it. (laughs) And she did it over the phone. It's out there somewhere. You could like listen to it. And... I don't know. That's just like so epic. And there's the that key is in the song Reflection. And that's why they needed someone who could do that. Uh, uh, very, very hard song to sing. I challenge anybody to attempt it at karaoke. Good luck. I'm definitely going to have to listen to that after the show <laughs> <laughs> and hear what was so difficult. I don't remember it too well. So I need to listen to it again. Uh-huh. Uh, so Extina, yeah, that's her connection to Disney. Now, uh, more musicians here. Do you remember Phantom Planet? I know our mutual friend D. I do. I never got into them, but you and Danielle were so obsessively into Phantom Planet that I feel like I know enough about them to like have a conversation. Good, good. (laughs) That was also such a point in time. That was like early 2000s. Um, Phantom Planet is a rock band, kind of an indie rock band. They are known for kind of unfortunate, depending who you ask. Their song California from the OC, it's the theme song. But that song existed before the OC used it as a theme song. So two things happened. The hardcore fans, like me and Danielle, who would show up to Phantom Planet's concerts or Tower Records parking lot signing, like we would show up for all those yeah. things. Uh, after the OC, they got so big because of that song that it was harder to go to those. There was less opportunity oh, you know, yep. to be close to them. There were bigger concerts after that. And then they kind of just broke down as a band. Jason's, Jason Schwartzman was the drummer in the band for a long time. He's not part of the band anymore, but we all know him. He went on to be really big as an actor. And I love him as an actor, yep. He's really good. Do you know his Disney connection? I do, but I only know it because I cheated right now. <laughs> it's and okay. I've completely <laughs> forgotten about it until I saw your note right here. Um, yes, he played Richard Sherman of the Sherman Brothers in that that movie I couldn't remember last week either. Saving Mr. Banks. Banks. Yep. He did. And he interacted with, uh, he played Sherman Brothers who were writing the songs for Mary Poppins, interacting with Mm -hmm. Walt Disney. Very, very cool. So yeah, Jason Schwartzman was in Phantom Planet. Um, And then the also, the lead singer of Phantom Planet, who is still there as a lead singer, is Alex Greenwald. Uh, The time that I first fell head over heels for this man was he was in a Gap commercial and singing Mellow Yellow. And it was like, it would play all the time in like 2002 or something. And um, then I found out he was in a band, then we became obsessed. But Alex Greenwald was once engaged for a pretty long time to Brie Larson, 
who is Captain Marvel in the MCU. So that's the only, that's a stretch, but that was the Disney connection I could make with Alex. That's that's good. It's good, right? I remember his face because I think Danielle had him on her Facebook profile for like 17 years. Oh my gosh, you're right. (laughs) That's weird. Uh, He still looks great. I think that was him, right? I think so, yeah. shaggy hair. Uh Like thick eyebrows. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they are actually performing in New York City here in Brooklyn in a couple of weeks. They're doing like a reunion without How Jason Schwartz. Where are you going? I kind of want to. Here's the thing. Um, you should. It's really cool because they are celebrating the release of one of their albums called The Guest. And they're pretty much just going to sing all those songs. But uh, Jason Schwartzman's not there. I can't pronounce that name without saying Jason. <laughs> Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> so he's not part of it anymore. And then. I'm just, like, too old for these, like, Brooklyn, like, outdoor warehouse. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, I get you. (laughs) Unless there's, like, chairs, which I think there might be. I was looking at the venue. Uh, I haven't decided, but, yeah, we're we're getting around that time where our generation has all these really cool reunion tours for the bands we used to love. (laughs) Right. Now we have to depend if our generation wants to leave the house. Yeah, right? Exactly. (laughs) Um, More uh, rock stardom. So the other... This is me as an adult as recently as last month is I purchased the Harry Styles fan club package <laughs> to go see his concert, which is this Sunday. I'm going to go see Harry Styles. I was going to ask you, did you get it rescheduled? Yeah, awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, the, there was the whole stress because it was the same day as our cruise. I booked yep. double booked <laughs> myself, um, but luckily they were able to switch my tickets so i'm going this sunday to see harry styles he has like over 10 shows here in new york city um i only became a huge fan of him like the last two years because his solo albums are really good i never listened to one direction when he was part of that boy band um but yeah great music he was part of one direction yeah that's where he came from (laughs) right and then one direction is the winner of a british british talent show so it's like very whoa He's still kind of a normal person, as famous as he is. And I think that's why I like, think he's charismatic. There's like something about it. Uh, but yeah. That is so interesting. One Direction to me feels like such like a kiddie band, like little boys. And then Harry Styles feels like a man. Yep. It's, it's definitely that. I, it, he almost pulled like a Justin <laughs> Bieber where he went from yeah, kids J- bop. Like Justin Timberlake and uh-huh. stuff like that. And oh my gosh, like, how funny. I never knew that. Tattoos, wow. like sexually fluid, androgynous outfits. Love Harry Styles. Okay, so the fan package, um, I already got this. It came yesterday, literally yesterday. And it's a backpack with his logo on it. There's a t-shirt. Um, there is a thermos, a portable Bluetooth speaker, and a poster. Oh, wow. And here's the thing. It says Harry Styles in this lovely mint font. Now, my friend, we and I, who are both going with the fan package, we don't want any of the stuff. It's just like junk. Like, I'm not that much of a fan to keep all this. And it's like, you know, not a good quality backpack. And so we're going to bring it to the concert and just find like hardcore fans. Cute. And ha- hand That's out the stuff, right? It'll be fun. Uh, she wants to keep the Bluetooth speaker, though, for the shower, which is understandable oh that's that is a good one yeah. for that it's like yeah. really small like the size of like your fist it's cute uh sure. but yeah so i'm i that was my the most recent like adult fan thing that i've opted into um and also that came with like uh like better seating options when we chose our seats so there's that disney nice. connection this is an, another deep cut but he was just cast as 
Eros, a.k.a. Star Fox. He goes by two different names. He's Thanos's brother in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And now we didn't see him I always forget yet. there's a Star Fox out of that. Nintendo yeah, it sounds like Nintendo 64, <laughs> It's right? like the only thing I could think of is a game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we haven't seen him in a feature film, uh, like as a as a character in, in, the, in the main part of a movie yet. We have only saw him as a teaser, which came after the credits of The Eternals, where he walked onto the spaceship. Um, and we finally got to see Harry Styles in costume as Star Fox. He introduced himself. He said, yeah, I'm Thanos' brother. Now, the fun part is he looks human, so he's not purple and so he looks like harry styles and the the character of star fox slash eros is also what influenced the greek god on our planet who is the god of sex and in, like of like lust so they they casted him well i mean if you have to have a character like that it's kind of funny oh my gosh i'm very interested to see what they do with that right me too and they uh released some information i think it's like two to three movies he signed for so there's pretty much confirmation that he's going to be in it um most likely some sort of eternal sequel or maybe one of those big team-up films like the avengers ones coming up um but yeah harry styles excited if anything cool comes out of the concert on sunday i'll let you know if it's if it's fun enough to bring back here to the podcast cute okay um continuing in the mcu i was not a fan club member for this person, but I was a mega fan of Paul Rudd in the 90s when I was a teenager, particularly because he was so cute and clueless. I was going to say clueless. (laughs) How many times have we seen that movie? I don't even want to know. Like we We would just like play it in the background. That and Scream, we would just like play it. We even had, I don't remember if you were there or not, but we like reenacted it and made our own with our old like camcorder, like recorded ourselves doing different scenes from Clueless. Oh, that's so cute. R.I.P. Brittany Murphy. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Paul Rudd, I loved him. And even though I technically, as a gay, should have loved uh, Christian, <laughs> who was the suave gay guy in Clueless, who Cher thought was straight oh, at right. first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I liked him he was just he's just like he was just like the the guy next door kind of grumpy and cute yeah Paul Rudd. exactly like um, america's sweetheart kind of guy america's sweetheart and then he went on to be in a not so popular film it was called object of my affection it came it came and went do you remember this with i think it was jennifer aniston and i don't think i ever saw it so it was it, a rom-com Sounds it was like a rom-com. rom-com and he played a gay man they were like gay best friend and woman and girl straight best friend and I think she was in love with him or something like that. I actually don't remember the story, but he was in that playing a gay man. And that's that made me love him like 10 times more as this gay teen. And so I found his fan club mailing address in one of those magazines. You know, in the back of like Teen Beat and stuff, you could write. There's all yep. these addresses. So I wrote to his P.O. box and I wrote him this long letter about how much I like him and how much... I appreciate him uh, playing that character from Object of My Affection. And then I had this steamy photo that someone took of me in high school for her <laughs> photography class. Her name was Ramona Chan. Shout out, Mona. And it's me with my head and my wet hair. And I'm just like leaning on my elbows before I had t- tattoos. It was sepia colored. And I thought it was just the sexiest photo of myself. And I sent him that photo. <laughs> With my letter. <laughs> to this day, I do not know if Paul Rudd ever received that. 
Oh, come on, Paul. Where's the response? <laughs> oh, and I still love Paul Rod. He's great. And what would you do if you just out of nowhere received in the mail like a, him like re, like doing that same shot? I would be so happy. I'd feel complete. I'd feel yes, full circle. <laughs> full circle. Um, Disney connection there. Do you know? Disney company connection. I mean, actually, does he have many? I know Ant-Man, of course. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man in the MCU, which who I knew feel that like there's movie? So many, but maybe he makes not. that movie and that character like he does. Right? Yeah, that's why I'm just like he's so much part of like he's a huge part of it. But I think he's the only that one. Blah, blah, blah. You guys, I am roughing it over here. Sorry, <laughs> it's hot, and my voice is leaving me. My brain is leaving me. Um, yes, Ant-Man. Anyways, I'll end it there. Yeah, Ant-Man. I could. I couldn't think of others, but there might be out there. Maybe he voiced something. I only thought of Ant-Man too. Um, I think I just love a lot of his films that he's in. That doesn't happen to be Disney. So Paul Rudd plays like a lot of my cinema in my life. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's a good point. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Um, okay, so not a person, but I'm a huge Diet Coke fan or Coca-Cola fan. I didn't realize how much I, of a fan I was until I started buying stuff off the Coke website last month. <laughs> oh, and now I have like, like this what? straw dispenser for my plastic straws because I have to keep buying vintage-y? plastic straws. It's very vintage looks like a soda, okay. sh- soda fountain shop. They are so yeah, cute. It's very classic. So I bought that. Um, and then I've been purchasing all of their uh, limited edition like fan flavors that they've done over the last year, starting with uh, the one I kept saying tasted like Epcot. Oh, yeah, Starlight. Starlight, and you just have to experience it for that to make sense, but it tasted like Epcot. Now, the newest (laughs) one, um, which you can only purchase through the website. You couldn't find it in stores. It's called Byte, B-Y-T-E. The whole logo for this new flavor is like all 90s, 80s arcade pixel, and it's supposed to taste like a pixel. And I tasted it. what (laughs) What does a pixel taste like? I tasted it, and it tastes like... The sc- looking at the screen of Space Invaders. Ew, <laughs> is that, is that a good thing, though? I, I, I feel like, like it would taste like static or something. Yes, like, no, that's right. That's it. Ew. Like, um, like when you put your tongue near the TV? Or Why on a battery? Do that? Did you ever put it on the yeah. battery? Yes. Oh, my God. It tastes like that. That Ew. is crazy. So. That's god awful. Why do they? <laughs> I don't know, but a little bit sweeter. Okay, so Jerry tasted it. He likes it. He said... It tastes like black cherry because he just goes to regular flavors where I go to like outer space. Um, he says it tastes <laughs> like black cherry and he likes it. Um, and it's really cute. So the you, you buy it and it comes in this really great package. And it's like it looks like a little arcade thing. And you open it and it says player one, player two. So you only get two sodas. And they're cute. like long. They're 12 ounces, but they're like long highball cans. Um, but yeah, I love this stuff. Coke does a lot of that stuff. And uh, they allegedly i mean they seem to have a huge fandom there's actual like big stores everywhere like at downtown disney there's a huge coke shop uh, but other than that what do you think of the disney, disney connections there coca-cola i all i can think about is the polar bears but that's not disney anything i have no idea think um beverly <laughs> 
Oh, Beverly, my favorite drink on the planet. It probably tastes very similar to the 8-bit one you're talking about, or Bite, whatever <laughs> no, it's called. No, no. Oh, I need to go back to where and taste Beverly so I could give it a, a description, like a weird one like this. I should do that. <laughs> so let's head over to Epcot to Club Cool. Club Cool. So there's the Coke-Disney connection that I thought was really fun because it's Disney Parks related. Um, right. And they just reopened a new version of Club Cool. It's a little bit smaller. But you can go in there and taste a bunch of fun beverages. I bet um, you that'll be added. Do you think that bite will be in there? No, because I was there like a couple what, a couple months ago, and Starlight wasn't there. I actually was looking. I thought they would Dang, sell they it. They should add those. Like yeah, where I haven't ones. looked is the Coca Cola store in Disney Springs. Mm. It could be there, but that store is so big, and you have to like walk up this long ramp. I don't know if you've done that before. I've only been there once. <laughs> I don't know. Next time we're there, I'm going to walk you over there to see what I'm talking about. It's you crazy. can tell how hot Florida is when you like talk about not wanting to walk up a ramp to go yeah. to the store. I'm like, I'm not walking it up that ramp. Like, uh, I'm good. <laughs> last but not least on my, on my list of fan clubs that I've been a part of, um, bringing it back to Disney itself, I subscribed to Disney Adventures Magazine. Do you remember that? I do not. Okay, so Disney Adventure Magazine was about the size of a TV guide. So imagine that. It's like the smaller size, but kind of thick. And it was just about everything Disney. So now this was in the 90s before websites, before social media. And that was like the place where, where I would go to find out like what movies are being filmed, articles behind the scenes if they're making the new movie. Um, you'd see Ooh, It's like all, D23 cartoons. in a magazine. Totally tour. was. And I almost forgot about this until I was making this list. And I, if, if you're out there, and maybe we'll post it, like Google image Disney Adventures. And if you did subscribe to that, you'll see one of those covers and it just like hits you with nostalgia. I remember it was so cool to get that <laughs> magazine. And as a kid, there weren't really anything that anything that I subscribed to for me, not my parents. So it was like so special to get that every month. Um, and they had like Tailspin on it. It was like the Disney afternoon day. So think of that look, feel and brand. Got it. Um, but that was Disney Adventures. It doesn't exist anymore now. Um, and it has nothing to do with Adventures by Disney, which is their travel agency. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So you're saying you probably weren't or you don't remember being in any of these sort of. Um, well, as we're going through this list, I'm remembering a few because I can't remember if it's either that we were poor or that I was cheap. One or the other or maybe it's <laughs> both because of that. But I just never I don't know if I wasn't allowed to or if I just knew I couldn't join any fan clubs. Like, I couldn't just spend money to be in a fan club. So I didn't, like, I remember wanting to because I did subscribe to some of those magazines, like Kid Bop or whatever it was when we were little, <laughs> yeah. like those ones. Um, and I'd have those stupid pictures all over my wall of all the cute boys from right? uh -huh. the magazines. Um, but I remember being a mega fan of New Kids on the Block. Mm. And so I think I had some type of subscription with New Kids on the Blog now that you're reminding me of this. Because I remember I had like extra stuff that people were excited about when they'd come over my house. Mm. So I think it was like I could only get it in an exclusive way. So I think I was actually part of a New Kids on the Block fan group. Um, and then also, this is a little off the beaten path, but if you're going Coca-Cola route, I can go this route. <laughs> I had Nintendo Power. Do you remember that? Yes, I do the remember Nintendo that. Nintendo Power Magazine. <laughs> That's also so it was another. Very much. Go ahead. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say I was a 
I was a gamer when I was a kid. Wow. Not anymore. But I was big into video games when I was little. Um, I remember we got the first Nintendo right when it came out, and it was, like, so exciting. And, yeah, Nintendo Power, I had the the glove, I had the mat, I had the... Um, the genie. Do you remember the genie? Nintendo genie? I was about to freaking ask you the <laughs> genie game genie. Plus, watch out. <laughs> That's like the ultimate cheat code thing. Yeah. It was so weird. You would attach it to the cartridge and then stick the entire double <laughs> cartridge in there. <laughs> and you could literally cheat. I think it was just like messing with the dev- developing code or something. Yeah. Like that. It would let you enter codes to get like unlimited lives or you can't get hurt or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Like tons of different options in there. Um, and then I would thrive off that Nintendo Power magazine. It would have like walkthroughs and all this stuff of these really hard games. So, um, like I look back in some games, I try to replay them nowadays, and I'm like, this game is actually very hard. Yep. How did I ever get through this? I'm like, oh, I had those Nintendo Power magazines that ta- they like literally walked me through every step. Um, but sometimes you just needed that to get through those games because they were they are difficult and like the lack of ability in them also. And remember <laughs> how cool it was to then. see like a platformer game like Super Mario World, and then you'd see it in the magazine um, zoomed out. Like you'd see the whole thing, and it was so weird to see stuff like that because you only normally yeah, saw a little Yeah, I actually piece. have in our bedroom Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, the second game from Zelda, or the third game, I'm sorry. Um, we have two of the entire maps, the light, dark, the light side and the dark. Is it called the light, light side, dark side? Light world, dark world. There it is. Oh, wow. We have two of those canvases. So it's the exact same map, but like the two different versions up on our wall. So yeah, it was always really cool. And then the fold out would be so long. Yes. show you all the different places. The fold so out. And that was I also that, that point in time before like a lot of internet use and social media. So you couldn't look up how to beat the level. You had to go get the magazine. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> There is no YouTubes. Um, there is no wikis. There's a whole different Yeah, world. right? <laughs> and then another one that I remembered <clears throat> that's actually more recent is the Fan Cult. And the Fan Cult was a fan group for the My Favorite Murder podcast. Um, I actually liked oh. how they did their, their thing. Yeah. So it set up, it was like $40 a year and you get exclusive content and then you get um advanced tickets to their shows like you were talking about so very similar uh platform however it was kind of a hot mess i joined right when they started it and like all this exclusive content was like impossible to find and like they rarely did it so i just dropped off of it at some point but um i wouldn't mind joining again if i found some other ones that weren't the same group maybe um, but nonetheless, true crime stuff is always fun to like hear a little more. I mean, it's not always fun. That's kind of sad. You know what I mean? It's entertaining. To, like hear in, more in stories. Yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> um, and then of course the D twenty three fan club, uh-huh. best fan club on earth. I'm just saying. Uh, but I'm curious to see if you are able to join a new fan club today, either real and or if you just want to make one up. What would it be? Wow. So I feel like. These days, I have actually been subscribing to people's Patreons, which is interesting now because non-celebrities, in a way, have fan clubs, if that makes sense, just content creators. Like, we even have a Patreon. Um, So, like, the line is getting blurred a little bit. Um, But if there was something that I would want to be a fan club of, I don't know. There's honestly not much I could think of. I think if there was, like, maybe a really cool, specific 
MCU, not Marvel Comics, but like MCU fan club, and you would get early access or cool accessories for costume, maybe something like that. And then if I'm thinking of um, like an artist or a musician, I am really into Ben Platt. Um, he's like one of the newer artists that I've gotten into, like becoming a hardcore fan of over the last few years. Maybe if he has one, I, ha- I-, I would do one. Um, but yeah, I think it okay. depends on like what does it come with. But there's nobody that comes to mind I I can think of. What about you? Um, so I I also don't think that there's many that are actually available that I want. But I made some up. So I would love, and this is kind of rolling off one that was actually real and one that I did not get to participate in because I didn't get in in time. It sold out very fast, and that was the ghost post. Do you remember oh, this? Oh, tell us. I forgot. So this is more of those subscription boxes, which actually now that I'm saying that out loud, I forgot that I also did a subscription box for Hunt a Killer, which was a true crime game where they would send you more materials every month to like solve a mystery. Oh, it was so fun. that's fun. It was so, so cool. Um, very intense and complicated, though. There was a lot. And you would use like real life things that you could look up on Google to solve this fake scenario. It was very cool. Um, but those all kind of fit into like the ghost post where you actually got to then take it into the park and it was all based around Haunted Mansion and you would get to do extra things in the park that other people couldn't do. There was one task where you would have to go to one of the orchestrions in the park and make it play Grim Grinning Ghosts with your hands. What? Like this wasn't a thing you could do currently with any of the orchestrions or whatever they, they have other names for the same types of machines. Um, and they turned one of them into like the... Like, you know, the connect for Xbox yeah, or whatever? Yeah. What do you call that? You could, like use your hands and it would like make it play and you could slow it down by moving slower or faster. It was amazing. I like literally cried when I saw somebody else doing it because I was so like, oh, I wanted to do it so bad. It looked so cool. It's like an escape room meets the Haunted Mansion in, in Disney Park. It's like, what else could I ever ask for in my life? And I didn't get to do it. <laughs> anyway, but we all thought that that was a test to see if they would come out with some more. Um, and I think there was even rumors that they were supposed to do a Pirates of the Caribbean one, but we never saw that happen. But if they had these Disney-style box adventures, I'd probably buy into every single one yeah. of them. Yeah, and I like and that they're the one... land or attraction-specific. That's really fun. Yeah, yep. They get to be really themed out that way, right? Um, and then the one I would like them to come out with first, because it is something we're all looking forward to, is an SEA box. Oh, darn. As you were talking, I was going to say, that's a fictional one I would make up. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> that would be awesome. It would be amazing. Oh, so good. Um, and then other than that, the only other thing I thought of was it'd be kind of cool um, if they did something with, like, not even just Disney, but any, like, series. Like, I just finished Better Call Saul, and I always get this, like sadness after I finish a series which is why I hate binging because it's like wait I was like part of this this was like part of my life for this long and now it's just over like what do you mean so I wish there was a way to like keep going in the story somehow however they can do that through an app or some type of community-based thing whatever it is um that would be really cool to see I know that a lot of these movies and series are sneaking in like QR codes in their final episodes oh my gosh yes Moon Knight had a QR code in every episode that led you (laughs) to a comic book that inspired that episode the genius like just beyond so cool there was some really cool ones I'm trying to remember what that one was I think it might have been 
Batman or something. I can't remember. There was one that was really cool, and it was like it just flashed on the screen real fast. Wow. And you have to like pause it to even get the the catch of it, and then you could actually do a few things within that universe. It wasn't much, but if they like elaborate on that, that would be really really cool. That is very cool. <sighs> So, yeah. I have two more that came to mind listening to your ideas. So, SEA for sure, so that we could become an explorer and adventurer. Uh, But two more things. One, I'm pretty sure you and I would both be a fan club member of Fat Cat Swinger if they had (laughs) an official fan club. That would be so cool. I mean, I am probably already in the unofficial fan club. (laughs) (laughs) I have one of their buttons right here. Where is it? I had it right here. I don't know where it's at now. It's on my desk. My desk is a mess right now. But um, yeah, I love that guy. So I would definitely. And then when you were saying TV shows, I thought, oh, I would totally be a fan club member of the Rose family, a.k.a. Schitt's Creek. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or the motel or whatever the fan club is. Um, I bought from the they had a website for a while that was like Rose Apothecary. And you could buy the swag. And I have a Rose Apothecary. Is that how you pronounce it? A little tin where you could store pills and stuff like that. Cute. Um, that was supposedly sold at David's shop in Schitt's Creek. And that's very cute. that's the kind of thing I'm like, oh, if I bought that, I probably would be in, in a fan club if it existed. All right. So, so many things to be fans of. And like I said earlier, we are both in the fan club for D23. And the D23 Expo is coming up so soon. We've been so excited for it for so long. So let's jump straight in with the new stuff that we have to discover. With the Oh my D23 gosh, so much show. stuff to get excited about. I did want to mention uh, when we covered <laughs> D23's uh, fan club history of different events I did last week, I wanted to mention then mm-hmm. that huge uh, Mickey Glove high five to Bob Iger. So he was the leader in charge of that entire time when D23 was approved and launched and expos came out. Um, And then we talked about like the acquisition of all those companies like Marvel. Um, So yeah, that was all Bob Iger under his watch. So yeah, we love him. God, I love him so much. (laughs) I miss him. Can we just have him back, please? Aw. Well, um, regardless if Bob Iger is still here or not, we did get the schedule this last week. Oh my gosh, they had been announcing in little tidbits what's going to happen at the um, D23 Expo, and then they finally just launched the entire schedule out. So not only did we get Magic Keys this last week, we also got the schedule. Um, And just as a reminder, D23 is three days long. It's September 9th, 10th, and 11th at the Anaheim Convention Center. Um, This year there's going to be five stages. And then, of course, you have the show floor. You have tons of shopping. There's live stages on the show floor. There's, like, so much going on, so much fun to be had. Um, But you can check out the schedule. It is now live on d23expo.com slash schedule. And you can look through the different days, the different stages. You can check everything out and see what's going on and then plan your day. I know a lot of people have been creating... um, spreadsheets uh, shout out to jess quo Mm -hmm. who actually created the one that we use because she beat me to it i was like thank you so much i didn't have to do that myself it's beautiful so um i love to see the disney community all like having the same mindset it was like really really cool let's share with each other for the first time because we haven't really talked about it ourselves offline or outside the podcast but we're gonna talk about which 
panels and which things we want to see of all the offerings. Um, and I think we should start with those uh, stages you mentioned. So the five different stages uh, use ShowPass and we have to select which of those we want to go to. Mind you, there's over 45 different offerings <laughs> all across all three days and all five stages, over 45. And you can right. only be in one place at one time. Um, Why? Can we not clone yet? <laughs> we Come on. Clone. I want to go to all these panels. And caveat for us is that we did, we were fortunate enough to get in the queue and get the ticket that allows us to have guaranteed admission to Hall D23. So those are the huge panels and the huge events. Um, and so we'll talk about that as we choose our uh, selections. But the reason why it's important for both Jen and I, for us to share our things is because there are five stages, which means all five stages typically have something live happening at the same exact time. So you cannot be there at the same time. <laughs> and in some cases, we may be in, on different stages or in the audience, not on the stage, but in the audience for these different stages. So let's talk about what we want to do starting with Friday. What What are your choices on Friday? Yeah, so for Friday, I am still really debating between going to the Disney Legends ceremony and the inside look at the Society of Adventures and Explorers mm. because... Like, it's the SEA. I want to hear all about it. I'm so excited to see what Disney's rolling out for it. And you did mention something very important. The Disney Legends ceremony is recorded and aired live streaming and everything. So, like, I don't necessarily need to be there. However, it is so much fun to see these celebrities, not only just see them and hear them speak, but they're getting awarded as a Disney legend. That's, like, a huge deal. Right. So you get to hear their emotion and feel their emotion and all the things. So... I'll likely still go to it. Also, because here comes back to that psychology from earlier. I paid for it. Right. So I'm probably going to go to paid it. Paid for the preferred seating. And yeah. you're going to be leaving that seat cold if you don't go right. to it. Now, uh, speaking of legends, we I think a lot of what you and I were saying at one point was depending on who gets inducted might change our decision. Uh, so shout out to our friend of the show, Nick, second star to the right on Instagram, who his guess is that Harrison Ford is likely to be inducted. So that may uh, sway someone's decision. Not sure. Um, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm really torn on that. I think I have made a final decision of what my top choices Ooh. are. It is going to be Disney SEA. <gasps> you are going yeah. to go to And I'll tell you Stop. why. Is because there are two panels overlapping with Disney Legends, not just the one. The second one I want to go to is about the windows of Main Street and all I the imagination. I have Imagineers. that on here too. And that starts t while the Disney Legends is still happening. So, I, so it's right after it. It the Legends ends at twelve, and this one starts at twelve. So right. I'm like. Can I shimmy out like 15 minutes early and go make it over? Right. We've tried that the... before too, right? And the way these passes are working is sometimes you have to show up like 15 minutes before your reservation. Um, right. So I think that changed everything. When I saw that there was a swap, like switch out Disney Legends for two things, it made it Shoot, easier to decide. stop it. And they're both like really, I don't know, like Disney Legends is like fun award show, but... You know, it's D23. We want to see all these sneak peeks and things. I know. Oof. It really makes me question my whole thing. Like, am I, do I need to see celebrities that are like 
big time celebrities or do I need to see the celebrities that are important to me like Disney Imagineers mm-hmm. right it's like I don't ever get the opportunity to do either so like ugh, it's hard um so yeah I might join you because there's also a, a convenient half an hour gap between the Society of Adventures and the Main Street windows yeah which is like the perfect amount of time to like maneuver over oh my gosh I don't know what to do Maybe I'll post that one as a poll and see what everybody out there thinks <laughs> right, yeah. sway me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but later that afternoon, there's also a Disney animation live action in Pixar, which is basically the live, the giant movie um, one. So, like, they usually have, like, an animation one broken up from the live action one, right? So right. this is, like, the animation side where they're really focusing. I mean, it says animation and live action, so they're focusing on a little bit of everything. But then the next day, they have the one that really focuses on like Marvel and Star Wars. So it's kind of broken up by IP almost. Um, but I definitely want to go to both of those. So I'm for sure going to go to that one in the afternoon. Um, and there's a big gap in between that. So there's like, even if I did go to the Main Street one, 1 p.m. all the way to 3.30, we have plenty of time to go do the show floor and shop right. and all that other kind of stuff eat lunch like that's really nice that there's a gap there so um i'm excited for that and then sorry i'm just jumping ahead of you <laughs> no, go the ahead. 6 p.m is the masquerade wow, i, I love cannot it. wait for that nina west is hosting i can't wait to see her um this is the ultimate disney fan cosplay costume contest i cannot is. wait um, I'm with you on on your your re- recent selections that you just described. So yeah, I, I want to go to the Walt Disney Studio Showcase to see everything. You know, Pixar animated films, live action. Um, there weren't anything. There weren't. There wasn't anything that overlapped with that one that stressed me out. It's like a Beauty and the right, Beast same. live thing, except for the Disney Legends in conversation, which I was gonna do as like a backfill of not going to the Disney Legends <laughs> one. Because they just talk about their career, which sounds even wait. So cooler. I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't understand the description. Are the legends going to be there, or are people talking about the legends? Oh, it's one of those. Yeah, I'm not read sure that description. You know, sure. sometimes they they label it something, and it doesn't actually follow what you would assume yeah. it to follow. And, but I so don't see why see not. Here. Right, like if Harrison, Harrison Ford was already there that morning, why not stay till the afternoon? Today? Right. So it says, listen in as members from the newest class of Disney legends partake in an enlightening conversation about their storied careers. So Darn. it does sound like at so least some of them. So that is the second who... shot at seeing the legends. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, I have the, aside from parks, like the actual movies are like, for me, like one of the biggest things. So yeah, there's no way we could not go to the right. studio showcase. So. So there it is. And then I will also be with you at Masquerade. There was an overlapping thing that was a little bit confusing. So to clarify to people, um, around, I think it's 6 o'clock, uh, they're going to be doing a panel on the archive stage about Walt Disney's airplane. And that's a big thing that they keep talking up that's coming to the D23 Expo. Uh, but you do not have to attend that to see the plane. The plane is supposed to be available on the show floor throughout the whole experience. So you don't have to see the panel to access the plane um, so that way we could see Mouse Grade and not miss out on his plane. And you know what? I have already seen the plane. Have you? On the backlot tour of yes! Hollywood Studios. Disney World, so. remember that? Uh, Hollywood Studios. Yeah, it used to be there. They used to have it right next to the Fly the Navigator spaceship. <laughs> right. 
Wow. All right. So there's our Friday already mostly plotted out. Coming together, coming together. I'm really glad you're coming with me in Masquerade because that'll be super fun to have a friend with me for that one. It'll be so Oh my God, it's going to be so crazy. Um, Okay, so let's look at Saturday now. What do you have for Saturday? Um, I have to start out with the big Hall D23, which is Marvel and Lucasfilms. So we're going to see those big movie announcements. And uh, the only overlapping thing that kind of you know, was a little bit of a bummer is there, there's an Imagineering themed um, stage panel, I think about special effects and things like that at the archives. Yeah. So. I was like, it says Yale Gracie all over and I'm totally bummed. But. <laughs> so that's, yeah, yeah that's think... the first thing is, I mean, if you want to see Star Wars, Marvel news, and they're also including 20th Century Studios, which is like the rebranded Fox. So we'll probably see all the things there as well. Like, Avatar, Alien, <laughs> I don't know what else. I can't Crazy. think of anything. Crazy. Everything now, right? It's pretty much everything. My gosh. I think that um, the way I'm thinking about it is that now, like, as we're going through this, I am actually pretty bummed about missing some of these, and I have been in the past, um, but I also get bummed if I miss the big ones. But I think what I'm going to do is next D23 Expo is that if we do not get special seating privileges... I'm just going to go to the smaller ones and not have to camp out. Oh. I think that's what I'm going to do next time. That's a good strategy, actually. I could take a year off of the big announcements. We get to hear all about them later. It's fine. But I get why it's so fun. Yeah. Um, Especially the like the Marvel Star Wars one, because if we're missing all the big name celebrities on Legends Day, we will see a lot of celebrities, at least at the Star Wars Marvel Disney panel. Right. Right. At one point they brought out, remember when they brought out like every single Avenger and the stage was just full? It was crazy. And then on another expo, they brought out every single Eternals, which regardless of the movie. It just kept going and going. Like that was an A-list cast. We had Salma Hayek, Angelina Jolie walk out on the stage. Right. My head was exploding. So yeah, we, we can't miss that. But you're right. The Imagineering special effects panel at the archives it seems very haunted mansion-y they talk about yeah you know, gracie it says it's going to have a behind the curtain look at present day magical processes of imagineering i mean stop <sighs> i really wish they would record all of these panels and sell it on like a dvd or something i would 100 percent pay for it or just online not dvd what am i talking about <laughs> Wait, 2002, what? I would definitely buy it. I know exactly what you Streaming. mean, though. I know what you mean because they're at theme they parks. They can add it to Disney Plus. They should add it. a premium it. thing. Come on. It used to be like I went to Universal Studios and if I was like, I was in the Star Trek stunt show and then you could buy the VHS tape at the end. It's like $100. Right. It's crazy. Uh, you're like, like, sell it to me. I don't <laughs> care. There, I remember this uh, Vegas hypnotist show that we went to. And my cousin was on stage. They also tried to sell that video. And I think it was DVD. Oh God, I love it. And it wasn't that long ago. So, yeah. <laughs> so, it's okay. They might still sell those. Um, right. I did just buy a, a DVD a couple years ago from the PNW Mouse Meet. They did the exact same thing. How do you play it? do at D23. My, my computer huh? doesn't even have that anymore. Like, how do you play I it? don't. Oh, on a PlayStation. Oh, See, I have the all digital PS5. They won't, they don't even have a butt crack anymore. There's no disc crack. Oh, really? Yeah, there's not it's just digital. Well, maybe we don't have it then. Maybe we have the old PlayStation still. I can't remember. PS4 how we has we, still has Blu-ray. I don't know when we played CD and DVD, DVD last time. <laughs> <laughs> right, so long. Those Walt Disney Treasure tins don't work quite the catch. So okay, so there's the big 
one in the morning for Marvel Studios and Lucasfilm, and then in 20th, 20th Century uh, Studios, I was at Fox. Um, but then at 12 o'clock, which again is hard to make, right? Because it's, and they usually cut the doors off. So I don't think I can make this, but I would love to go see Treasures from Marty Sklar's collection. I saw that. That's Stop. cute. Now, is he Stop. the, I always get confused with our older gentleman. Is he the gay one? No. Oh. What are you thinking of? Bob Gurr? Bob Gurr. Oh. <laughs> I, I would like to see Bob Gurr. I, yeah, but I mean, Bob Gurr's always at the expo. Do you want me to introduce you to him? Yes. I, walking I, around? It, it's sad to say, like, I'm not only because he's gay, but when you told me that, it just added this extra sparkle. I mean, again, representation yeah. at that old generation of, of Imagineers. It's like exciting. Yeah, and he's like 90 something, so you could probably say hi. <laughs> what are you trying you to can. say? I have. Oh. <laughs> We went in two different directions. I thought you were telling me to <laughs> seduce him into being my sugar daddy, get on his will. Oh, I and... mean, that too, that would be phenomenal. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. If you could get Jerry to approve of that one, right? I say go Imagine for all so the cool. stuff he could leave to that sugar baby on his he will. He has, I've been to his house. He has some amazing things in there. Wow. Just saying. Okay. Well, Bob um, Gurr, uh, this is not Bob Gurr. So Marty Sklar, what's his deal? Yes. Marty Sklar, and then other than that. <laughs> what is he known for? Excuse me. Imagineer-wise? Huh? What's his, like, imagineering Imagineer? highlight? There's, yeah, so there's, let's see. Um, I guess so. They also have the Century of Storytelling in Disney ima- an- Animation, which sounded pretty interesting. That one's from two to three. Oh, I mean, what um, is Marty Sklar known for that people might Oh, sorry. Recognize? I totally missed what you asked. Um, he is... He is a storyteller. He did a lot of animation as well. He did uh, Cruella DeVille. <gasps> okay. You have your favorite. Shoot, that's cool. See, that's, now you love Marty Clark. That's very cool. Um, and he worked with a lot Walt, in the right? parks as well. So, huh? That's cool. He probably worked with Walt too, like those. Yes, he was very around close back with then. Walt. He's one of the nine old men type of deal. Wait, um, was he? Ooh, Marty Clark. I don't think he actually was part of the nine old men. I think he came right after. Right after, after maybe, probably. Yeah. Um, okay, so that is a scheduling conflict that you're going to try to figure out? Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I want to do it all and you probably can't do much. Um, but there's also this one in the evening at Hall D23. It's, well, not evening, but late afternoon at f- uh, 3.30 it starts. And it's called Disney's Epic Entertainment Showcase, the musical, the extravaganza, which <laughs> I am like, just what is this about? I don't even know. The description says, join Disney-branded television for an exclusive showcase that highlights a legacy of excellence in storytelling and includes talent appearances, performances, and never-seen-before previews of original content for Disney Plus, Disney Channel, and Disney Junior. So I don't care about Disney Channel or Disney Junior, but (laughs) is this like the Disney Plus panel or what? My understanding of this, or the way I'm interpreting it, is this is like the big musical panel if you want something like a show, like along the lines of that Alan Menken one they had once. Sometimes they also do like Disney on Broadway hits, and they might have that as separate. So I'm picturing this in the big hall and a lot of like high school musical songs, camp rock um, just kidding, I'm not going. Yeah, right? It's, it. Remember, I think one of the episodes we were talking about that time when Disney Channel just became like teen bop. And I think this is for them. 
<laughs> and Dang it. Okay. I know. And, so and then... in my mind, though, I want to watch it because of the thing that we bought the ticket. For some reason, I, I'm okay with, right. with missing Legends. I'm going to watch Legends um, on whatever if they put it on streaming. But this one, I feel like, would be fun to see live, even if I didn't care about who was on the stage. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Jeez. Yeah. So... I like to be that entertained. That makes me double. I like to just sit. Did and you see hear me say "dang it" earlier? The only reason was because like I paid for it. And now I don't want to go to it. <laughs> it's like the only reason I said that at all. Um, but there are some other fun things that day. There's a 30 years of the Muppets Christmas Christmas Carol, which I have yet to see. Have been able to see the Muppets like in person, like for an interview or something. Like they've done that at other D23 expos, and it was so cool. And oh, I was so bummed out that, that I missed cute. it. So I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but if they are, I'm pretty interested in that. Um, I've seen the Muppets in person only in Walt Disney World and Disneyland for the parade. Actually, no, I wasn't there in person. That was over social media. Wow, you see, it's all I just made that my own memory. Um, And then they also have the Building Waltz Florida Project in the evening, which I think would be really cool. Did you see the description on that one? What was that one? That's at the archives, right? Archive stage. Yes, at the archive stage, way at 6 p.m. So that one, it says, um, let's see here. It says, Building Waltz. Ooh, sorry, hold on, I'm losing my thing. Building Waltz Florida Project, Walt Disney World, from dream to reality. So it says, using rarely seen photography, the Walt Disney Archives and special guests prevent a, or present a true life look at the extraordinary construction and opening of Walt Disney World. Which I think would be really fun. That is kind of cool. However, you know what they are up against? And I don't know which I want to do now. They have on the live stage on the show floor, Disney trivia with stars Nina West. (gasps) Wait, so we also have to... I'm only looking at the stages right now. You're telling me we also have to factor in some of the activities on the show There's so many things. So many things. I can't even. That's stressed out. I am glad we're doing... more in a second, too. I'm glad we're doing one chunk at a time, though. So at least I could say, here's the stages I want to go to. Um... Because while you were mentioning some of the things in the afternoon, like Magic or Muppet Christmas Carol, there's a Marvel panel on the back lot stage at 2 o'clock, which means it doesn't overlap with Hall D23. And this is celebrating 60 years of Spider-Man and it's Marvel Comics. I think I might go to that. Like, I'm a Spider-Man fan. It's one of those ones I'm going to sign up for. If I don't get it or we want to do something else, I don't mind. But it seems cool. Right. Yeah. Um. I thought that was 60 years of Marvel at first. And I was like, oh, wow. But then I was like, Spider-Man. I'm like, I I think Spider-Man is my favorite, like, thing out of all the Marvel stuff. Like, Spider-Man and uh, Guardians. But, like, I don't know if I'm going to do some time at the expo for it or not. So I have to feel that one out, too. But I did like that one. That was sound like a really good one. Um, all right. Sunday. D. Hall D23, 1030 a.m. Where are you going to be? I think I might go to the Disney Parks one, maybe. What Just do you think? me. I mean, if we have time, <laughs> maybe. This is, to me, what we paid for with that premiere pass is to this get This is what there. we're here for. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I just spilled, got... like, an entire thermos of water on the floor, everybody, just so I let you know. Oh, just put your um, feet in it because it's probably hot outside. I'm right? so hot. I'm melting in here. Um, yes, yeah, so D23's Disney Parks panel. So excited for that. I can't even wait to hear what they're going to tell us it's like what's happening in the parks worldwide they they announce here so oh it's going to be very so good. exciting and this one i think is worth reading word for word so 
This is called The Boundless Future, Disney Parks Experiences and Products, which is interesting. On one of the episodes previously, we talked about how that is a brand new like department that Josh DeMauro now oversees as the chairman. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're all kind of thrown in there. Um, so they say they're going to be announcements and updates on the magic on the magic happening around the world in parks on the high seas. Yeah. Disney Cruise Line at home <laughs> and beyond. So I don't know what that means at home. Um, attendees will get a behind-the-scenes look at the big dreams of Disney Imagineers. Every Disney fan will want to be a part of this special presentation full of exciting news and surprises. So that's going to be epic. What? That's where we're going to theorize. Right? Like, what is it? Tomorrowland? What are the big things that we're hoping for? I don't even know. We should think about that and, and bring it together for next week's episode. Yeah. There's so many possibilities of what... So many. Of what, yeah, we should do a whole segment on what do we want to see? What do we think they're going to show us? Right. Um, but yeah. That'd be fun. Disney Parks will be a really good one. What else is going on Sunday? Well, on the premiere stage, which seems to have like a lot of really good panels going on too, is the Walt Disney's Imagineering 70 Years of Making the Impossible Possible. 100% going to this one, if I can get in. Um, we will have to see. I think it's got an hour and a half gap at least, if not longer, from... Um, wait, when does the first one end? It was at 10.30, right? Till 12. And then this next one is at 1 o'clock. So we only have an hour, just kidding. <laughs> hour gap. But the description for this one says, For 70 years, Walt Disney Imagineering has blended imagination with cutting-edge technology to create groundbreaking experiences. Join Imagineers past and present as they discuss the core elements of storytelling and innovation that brings dreams to life for guests from all around the world. So this almost feels like a part two of a parks panel to me. Mm. Because it's like, here's what's happening in the future. Let's look back and see how we got here. That's going right? to be like, good and perfect to watch after a break, after the Disney Parks announcement. Right. Yeah. Take a nice little breather and go watch this one. So that is my number one selection for um, our RSPs, which I'll talk about in a second here. Yeah, I think um, I, I'm the same. The, the only thing that I saw overlapping where I, I thought of you actually was there's a Main Street Electrical Parade I know. panel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, it seems like it'd be really cool, uh, but I definitely will be going, hopefully, if, if they let me in, is the Imagineering 70 Years. Yeah, I think I had to choose that one over that. And I am going to be saddened that I didn't get to see this whole electrical parade. Because I bet you it's a whole hour about it. So what are they going to talk about? They're going to talk about a bunch of weird deep dive stuff, yeah, probably. probably. Like, that's a lot of time to talk about the same parade we've been seeing over and over Never again before for... heard, like, backstories and stuff. Yeah, yeah there's got to be the people who, like, created it or whatever. So I bet there's going to be some cool stories shared there that I'll just have to miss out on. Um, and then other than that, I think the only other thing that I'm definitely trying to get into is the Disney character voices. So this is the voice actors of lots of different things, either in the parks or the films or shows, um, which I've always loved. That was like my number one favorite thing I did at the very first expo I went to was the, um, I think it was called Voices of the Park. So it was specifically voice actors from Disney parks, which was just, excuse me, hiccup, super cool. Um, so I'm going to try to go to that. And then the last one I'm going to, I put in a maybe for is the Disney parks from the ambassadors perspectives. So that would be really interesting to hear. Is that one, what is the title of that one? Is it the Disney 
parks through the decades. Yeah. Oh, I, this is another thing. They're like named something. Yeah, they're it's really everything. long. I, and the oh the website you have to like scroll all the way to the top to see the description again. I hate it. Uh, I hate it so much. yeah, Disney parks of the 4 decades. PM. A Disney yes, ambassador Disney decades. perspective. Okay, so I for some reason Sunday afternoon is the one that I'm most conflicted, and I didn't expect it. And I'm con- oh really? And I'm conflicted with three like. B list things that I want to go to, if that makes sense. I already know one of them. Okay, so FX is American Horror Story behind the scenes. Like, what? <laughs> yes. I always talk about that and I'm like waiting for Disney to mention that they own this and finally they're doing something with it. You no, know, they have a whole panel yeah. now. What? It seems really cool. So I want to go to that. It's at the same exact time as the Disney Parks Disney Ambassador. And it's also at the same time as our already reserved seat hall d23 disney princess concert which also seems like fun entertainment and like nostalgic if they have like jody benson and those people singing little mermaid i don't know exactly what that's going to be but that's another like entertaining one like the alan menken one that we went to so yeah all three of those are happening at the same time i don't know what i'm gonna do i have to decide by when friday gosh i only didn't select that one because I've already done that like three times over. Like I've seen all of those amazing, talented women out there singing Disney songs so many times. I don't need to do it again. Nice. And that's good. But I feel like I skipped most of those. I in paid previous for it. Expo. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, and then if depending on which I decide. So, for example, if I don't go to Hall D23, that also means I can go to maybe a second one if I choose something else. So there's. Uh, the character voices one that you mentioned, which also seems cool. Right. <sighs> so, um, And then right yeah. in between those, actually, at 5 p.m. to 6 p.m., they have another Disney trivia. So we can, like, and that's outside. You don't have to, like, get into that. So we could run over, play for half an hour in the middle, and then go still to the next panel, which right. is kind of cool. Right. Okay. But. So I guess if we <laughs> set our mind to, at least I'll, I'll psychologize myself and say the preferred seating Expensive ticket we bought for me is to get guaranteed Disney parks and movies. Yes. Right? Exactly. And that seems worth it. And that's the thing that we used to have the camp out for. Yeah. That's like the Comic-Con stuff, like the crazy That's what we're paying for is to skip camping out. So, So I guess we're still getting our money's worth because the other stuff you don't usually have to anyway. So we're good. And then I have an important (laughs) question that I think you're going to answer. We're going to talk about RFPs next, right? Yes. Or is that what it's called? Is that a work? RSP. Oh, that's a thing of work. Request for They proposal. actually have two names for it, which is another so annoying thing. Oh, gosh. It's called Reservation Preference Selection, which is RPS. <laughs> yeah. But then the actual thing is called Random Selection Process, which is RSP. Oh. So it's just like, can you just choose one and roll with it? Like, good Lord. Um, so, yes, what were you going to ask? Um, yeah, so I'm curious if... Let's say, let's use that last example of there's a Disney princess concert going on, but there's also a couple different things that we want to go to that are on other stages. Now, if I sign up for American Horror Story, does that mean I'm already removed? My free seat at Hall D23 is gone because I chose that? Or do I get to have my cake and eat it too? That's a great question. I have no idea. Right. And I, I really hope not. I don't know if I have an opinion. I think we should be able to have our cake and eat it too. <laughs> I think so. I think, I don't know. I feel like they aren't advanced enough to do that. However, did you notice that our selection is slightly different than other people's? 
Right. We don't have to even deal with Hall D23. Yeah, I didn't even realize. I was getting so confused because some of the verbiage talks about four categories. I'm like, I only see three what's happening. And turns out they've completely removed the Hall D23 section for us. I didn't even know that was a thing. So so hopefully we just um, roll. Yeah, I don't know. There's no reservation. We just roll up in there, show our pass. And whether or not we have, whether or not I have American Horror Story also approved and booked, hopefully it doesn't conflict, I guess. I guess we'll find out. Right. <laughs> Yikes. That is a very good question to figure out, though, before this ends up. So, all right. So let me join or let me jump straight into the um, RSPs. So this is something that they've released in the past. It was a little different before um, where it was first come, first serve. Do you remember the the green man? The like oh, queue gosh. you had Q-it? to wait in? That's yeah, where this started. System. Uh-huh. Yep. The queue system with the little. He's actually a white man. In a green box. Oh you gosh, look how man, he's actually the way our little green box. memories work. I always thought he was green. <laughs> Pretty funny. Um, and so, so anyway, so what you have to do in this system, and it's great that they offer this because it really relieves some pressure if you get some of your reservations um, in order to plan your expo. If you don't get any reservations, it is just a bit harder, and you have to really plan out and wait in a lot longer lines than everyone else. So. Um, highly recommended. Every single person that got a ticket to D23 is allowed to do this process. So this is not a special perk of any upgrade or anything like that. So if you have a ticket to D23, go and search your email. You should have received it from Disney um, or from D23. And a lot of people said it was going to spam. So make sure you go find it and you can enter in your RSPs. So what is an RSP? This is a random selection process, and I'm not gonna go too deep into explaining how it works, but basically it takes everyone's selections, you get to put your top four, and then it'll try to get as many people in the order that like you randomly got picked in to give you the highest level one you can. So they'll place everyone in order, by their first selection until they run out of seats. And then they'll, they'll bump down to your next selection and try to give you the best option out of the ones you've selected. And the way that they've done it this year is they have four different categories. One is Hall D23. One is the Show Pass. I'm sorry, the Stage Pass, <laughs> um, which is like all the other panels. So Hall D23 is the big ones we we're talking about. And then Stage Pass are all the other panels. Um, and then they have Talent Central, which is like autographs, photos, meeting and greeting with uh, Disney people, like in general, they could be anywhere from stars of a show to an Imagineer to an artist. Um, you can sign up for those. And then also they have a show floor experience pass. So um, this is like things like giveaways and other activities that you can do um, in demonstrations and whatnot on the show floor. I really like that that last one. It feels like the, one of the newer additions. And I remember the show floor stuff before would just show up on the app as like happening. And then we would go there and they're like, no, there's no more Toy Story balls left. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know we had yep. to camp out here. I thought you just walked by. So <laughs> right. now that you could have it reserved, it's kind of nice. Right. Yeah. So I'm wondering how that's going to work. I'm glad you brought that up because one thing it doesn't show you on here is any of the times. So, like, it has oh, five <laughs> different Pixar ball giveaways, but it doesn't tell you what time. So, I can't really pick one if I know that I'm going to be in the Hall D23 thing or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, are they keeping a certain amount for all these people? I don't know what they're oh, planning wow. to do. So, it's That's a little a confusing. That's a very good question. I remember they would do it, like, four times a day. You would see whatever that weird casual activity is. 
So hopefully they explain to us like how we do Yeah, it. and you would think they would do it by the time that this is out, but I am not able to find that anywhere, and I see a lot of people talking about it. So, um, And you know they're not going to keep these celebrities there all day. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like eight-hour day. Like it's not Yeah, because sometimes so. it's like I remember they had like a random show floor experience where the director of – uh, that new the good dinosaur movie was there just randomly talking there on the show floor for like 20 minutes right yeah. yep <laughs> yeah so you have to like catch it if you're in a panel sorry i don't know maybe they will um choose wisely by how you were saying like if they see you're in a panel they won't give it to you but the fact that they have five different options for one thing is like well which one am i supposed to pick i don't know what i'm doing so that part's a little foggy, so careful when you go into the show floor stuff because it is a little um, – actually, that and the talent one. I really have no idea what's going on with those. Um, so sorry that I can't help you guys a little uh, better on that one. But first and foremost, the selection process has already begun, by the way. I forgot to mention this at top. Um, this has already started as of this Monday? No. Uh-huh. Monday the 15th? Yes. Yeah, Monday. And it goes all the way until Friday this week. So Friday, August 19th, it closes at 12 p.m. And one great thing is that you can put all your selections in and you can edit and update them all you want until that cutoff time on Friday at noon. Um, So what I've done, for instance, is I've gone in and made all my selections. And now I'm going to talk to Mike and figure out how (laughs) we can make this work to our advantage. It's funny, the way I was uh, comparing it in my mind, again, our HR brains is like, it's like benefits open enrollment where you have... A win- oh, 100%. Right, a window of time to make your selections and talk to your friends and family. And nothing locks in. There's no first come, first serve. It just doesn't lock in until that end date, which in this case is Friday at noon. So it makes it less stressful. Yeah. And since it's a lottery, it you really don't have – there's no, like, point of getting it in early. In fact, I spoke with some people who went in right when it opened up, and they said they had to wait for about 30 minutes. When I did it at the end of the day, it was already right directly through i saw that i was like there was they had the cue it up you know the little man you were saying which really didn't make i guess us fans we just all want to be the first to get on the website but yeah it did not make a difference in terms of priority exactly so um so again it's broken down into those categories right and then once you've selected a category or actually i'm sorry before you select the category you pick the day so at the top this is a little piece that a lot of people are missing including myself You can toggle down for the three different days. So you'll first select, let's say, Friday. And then you go to your your category is below. So let's say we want to do the um, show pass, right? We want to know, or the stage pass. Keep calling it show pass. Did it used to be called show pass? I feel like it was. Stage pass? I don't know. Anyway, you want to go to that one to get your panels done, right? And what it lets you do is per day is pick your top four. So you want to put number one is the one that you absolutely don't want to miss, want to try the hardest for. And then so on and so forth to get all the way to four. You get to do this for every category, one through four, for each day as well. So you get to pick all of your things. So you'll have like 12 selections per category by the end of your selection process. Then once you submit it, they close it on Friday at 12 p.m. And for some reason, it takes two weeks to make the selections and then they (laughs) email it to you on Friday, November, uh, I'm sorry, Friday, September 2nd. So you'll see your actual plans come through and what you got awarded for all your hard work of putting in your RSPs. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. That's funny. That Um, also reminds me of work life. I'm like, even though we could technically just finish it all. The day after, I'm like, oh, I want a buffer two weeks just in case there's a mistake or a Yeah, yep, yep. And I was like, what? Don't they just like hit a button and it 
like nobody's like doing that by hand. So what is this? <laughs> Why does it take two weeks? But whatever. Um, and then another thing to mention is that I don't think they let you do this before, or maybe they did. I'm not sure. But you can add a guest if you'd like, which is a huge strategy point. If yes. you are going with a partner, then you and that partner can work on like selecting either like you both want to do the hall d23 ones really bad you should both probably try that for your first so if the other person doesn't get it you get it and then you have a guest on so you both can still go or maybe for the smaller panels mike and i he picks american horror story i pick the ambassador one and then we can still go to whichever one we want or i guess that's a bad one because they're at the same time but things that are at different times we can like work together to try to get into more panels. So. I like that. That's going to be nice because to your point, it sounds like that plus one is just very um, like it's not tied to our ticket or anything. The, the guest no, is just yeah, like a just, random. Just whoever you want. <laughs> yeah, I could grab someone that's yeah. standing in the regular line, which I'll probably do if I'm by myself. I'll grab somebody in the end of the line and be like, cut cut in line with me because I have a free guest pass. End of the line. Why not? Right? Somebody did ask on I don't even remember anymore. Facebook, Reddit, Instagram. Somebody asked, what will happen if you pay? This is really, really technical. But if you, if we do plus one on everything, but we would have got in if we didn't pick, pick plus one because there was one oh, spot like left. it puts you as two people where they only have one seat yeah, left. Yeah, I mean, it's such a specific logistic thing that could happen. But we and we would never know if that's why we got rejected. I know you can't tell. <laughs> wow. And it also I also feel bad because if I only go by myself, then I'm essentially wasting a seat. Right. So are most of the panels going to have 50 percent extra seats depending on what happens? Yeah, I, don't I don't know. <laughs> but also like 90 percent of the population doesn't like doing things by themselves. So I think they kind of had to do it this way. Yeah. Yeah. It would be really weird if the only option was for us to split up if we didn't get, if one person got it right. and the other didn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyways, if you guys are going, definitely get on that before Friday at noon. Um, you could get everything you want. You could get nothing at all, but it's worth a try. Um, I've had not the best of luck the last time we did it. Uh, but I did get a couple, so it was very nice to like be able to skip the line for a couple of them at least. It really does now when help it's the time way to you plan your entire expo. When I huh? actually log on and start doing my selections, which I have not done yet, is that when it'll actually show me who the talent past celebrities are, etc. Yes. Okay. So, and that's another thing I have a problem with the talent past. When you look at them, a lot of them are like to be determined, and I'm like. Right. I can't even find, I'm just trying to find a list before I log into the RF, whatever. But I can't see, I don't find, I can't find one anywhere. Oh yeah, no, I don't know where any of that stuff is listed. That's what I was saying. Like I, there's no guidance about times or anything for any of this stuff. So I don't know how to select it. It's very Only stage pass is where I can see and then anything else. I don't know what's going on without going into the system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just like kind of blindly choosing stuff. I'm like, sure, I'll take a... 100-year pennant, if I can make it to <laughs> Is that there anybody giveaway. on the Talent Pass Central thing that you that you would sign up for? Just Not a single person. Filler? Actually, no, that's a lie. Hold on. There is... Um, is Ashley Oh, X-Men? my God, what's his name? Eric something. He's one of the Imagineers. Oh, an Imagineer. Yeah, Eric Goldberg. Eric Goldberg. He's with. Uh, he's been Imagineer at Disney for a long time. He's an artist. Um, you would recognize him. He he drew the genie. Oh, wait, that's nice. That's a cute Stop. one. Stop. 
Yeah, he's he's adorable. He's in a lot of the like documentaries, so you'll you'll recognize his face for sure. Um, but yeah, he's in a lot of art for Disney, and I would love to meet him. So I think I'm going to try for that one. That could be cool. I've, like, I've never one. done and everything the... else. I'm like, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done that at any convention, like the talent central thing. Um, but if there is somebody cool and it's for the podcast, maybe this year I, I will look into that. Uh, there's probably well, you some know what? TV there was shows. Another... There was two other artists that I that I would like to meet too. Kevin and Jody together, which are they're amazing, their artwork and they've done a ton of like figures and whatnot. And they done they did like floats for parades and stuff like that. So they are super amazing. Um and then uh Shag. So the tiki artist Shag oh, okay. is gonna have one too. So I think maybe I'll put in for those three. But, like, celebrities, like, as far as they're in, like, movies and stuff, I don't know who any of these people are. They're, like, from Disney like, Channel stars and like or something. ABC, I don't know who There's, they like, are. soap opera, ABC. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, like, I don't I know, like, some people, of the so. Simpsons people are going to be there, but that's also not Yeah, that's something... another to be determined. It doesn't say Right? Who. Like, who? Like, is it going to be the voice of Jeannie, who was the sequel uh, voice? <laughs> Dan Castaneda or whatever. Homer Simpson. Um, Ouch. So yeah, I I don't know, but I feel like yeah. we have to put something there, or else it's a waste again, like a cold seat. Right? Oh yeah, I know, I know. I even like one of the days I was like, I literally only know one of these people, so I'm just gonna put one in. But like, can I choose it four times because I want to keep trying for it? Um, the only other ones that I so saw, like in in the examples, I don't know if these are actually in there, but they're in the walkthrough. Is uh, some of the ambassadors are going to be there. And I don't know if it's past, oh, are they? past and present or not. But yeah, I would love to re-meet or meet for the first time some of the Disney yeah, Parks Yeah, just chop it up with them for five minutes or yeah. however long they allow you. Who's our, uh, minute, our favorite? Was his name Justin? Justin. Justin. Disneyland. No longer the ambassador, but would love to he catch up with the him. the best. Yeah. I really, really liked him. Um, so one last thing I wanted to mention about the expo that has been announced is it that now, if you may have noticed, they dropped the shop pass. So there used to be a shop pass. Um, and then Hall D23 never had its own category. It was like blended into all the other panels. So um, shop pass is gone because they have now added the virtual queuing system for uh, all of the shopping at, at uh, D23, which is great. So the one thing about this, though, is it works very much like Rise of the Resistance boarding groups. So and they even call them boarding groups. Oh, yeah, yeah. At 6 a.m. and 1 p.m., you have to join virtual queues, and then you get your boarding group, like, calls you when it's ready, right? Um, and then you get to go shopping. So, again, like, is my boarding group going to get called while I'm in a big panel for three hours? Like, what's going to happen? I don't know. So they did not tell you about, like, if you only have a, an hour to show up. I don't know how that's going to work. So, um Again, not enough information given by Disney. But one thing that I thought was interesting was they make you download both the D23 app and the Disneyland app. And I'm like, why do we need to do both? And it's because they're implementing a lot of the things they've already used on the Disneyland app, like the boarding groups. and um, Or using things they've already implemented, actually, is what I'm trying to say. Boarding groups and the um, mobile checkout, which I'm so excited about. That is That so. is very interesting that... Yeah. Rather than so. porting over those features to the event app, which my guess, again, my operations minded, is the event app, it's its own thing. It's not even Disney. It's probably an event conference app. And right. so 
so that's why they're, you said they're calling it boarding groups. Like we're literally going to be using the ride attraction system right. for shopping. Yes. Uh, that's fascinating. Exactly. And I also, I do like it for some reason, even though there's no time that you know is guaranteed ahead of time schedule wise. It feels a little less stressful for me to do it this way in my mind. I don't know why. Yeah, they give you, for sure, I mean, it again is only an option. You could still do a standby queue. So there is a queue you can wait in. However, we know those lines can be an hour plus long to get into a store. So, like, again, it's just an option. Go ahead and try it if you get in. Awesome. If not, still enjoy the expo. I mean, there's so much to do at the expo. If you don't get into any of these things you want to do, you will still have a great time, which I love about D23. And you do get two chances, just like the ride system. So it seems like, again, you could do the virtual queue. You could do 6 a.m. and 1 p.m. So if you didn't get the shop you wanted at 6 a.m., wow, that's early. Um, then you can try again I know, again I'm just mad. I'm like, wait, I paid for this preferred seating so I don't have to get up at 6 a.m. Can you please change that time to later? Um, and to your point, it doesn't say how long you have to return. So we don't know yet how that's going to work with your stage pass. So we will right. see. Hopefully more information will come out about that stuff. And we'll have another planning um, conversation when it gets closer to. I yeah. feel like it's tomorrow because we have so much planned before it. But it's actually a couple weeks away yeah. still. So we'll, we'll revisit and uh, we do some more planning time. tips and whatnot for the expo. Are the shops um, out. pretty much the same, right? Do you have a rundown of some yeah. of the shopping we can see? There is one thing that's really different, and it's a third floor which I don't remember them even having a third floor. Maybe I do. I don't know. But anyways, they have a limited edition Disney store shop now. So like the more unique stuff is going to be in a different space than like the regular expo shop. Ooh, I like that. I can't remember if that's the Disney dream store. I think what the way that is described sounds like they're trying to find a way to remove the unfavorable collector attendees <laughs> all those stupid collectors put them way up on the third floor yeah no offense if you're a collector listener but the ones who only go there for their merch to get those stupid like once yeah <laughs> once upon a time barbie dolls and yeah, that's they... the store that's in so remember they used to have the the dream store and that was where they sold d23 stuff right yeah i think what what's changed is there's no more disney store in general operating at the company and that used to have its own thing the disney store at like the mall disney store yep Uh so now it's called the d23 expo marketplace and they have the regular one and then the limited edition annex on the third floor of that same store and then even mickey's of glendale is (laughs) my god i'm just looking at this list now mickey's of glendale is broken into three different shops they have the mickey's of glendale main store they have a pin store separate which I think they did that one year, didn't they? Have the, the, the pin, the yeah, the, the pin one out. they've done before. Yep. And then they also have a uh, Mickey's of Glendale D23 Expo shop. That is so, so. Uh, layered. So, for example, if right. we want an Imagineering souvenir that also says something related to 2022 D23 Expo, you have to go to that specific shop, right? That specific one, yeah. <laughs> Which probably has really cool stuff. They have one last shop, too, called the Disney Studio Store Hollywood. I don't even know what that is. I'm assuming it's all the movie stuff. Interesting. Oh, that makes sense. Like stuff that would have maybe been in the Disney Store at the mall thing. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. or That's in that um, stage 17 or whatever it oh, is in right. the back lot at DCA. <laughs> like, yeah. let's think about this. Like, where, let's see, uh, let's say they announce um, a new Avengers campus. I'm just making this up. And then they sell Avengers campus merch, which they did last time. Where would that be? Glendale? No, Glendale's like Imagineering strictly, Imagineering. isn't it? I can't like remember. Like, they have a bunch of stuff that actual Imagineers have created lines. Do you remember that? Like, yeah, like the this shirts. This dress was created by this Imagineer. Uh-huh. These pencils are made by the, this The, like, Imagineer. tiki patterns on the John Lasseter style yeah. shirts. Oops. So I don't think that. I think that would be, God, I don't even know, maybe the Expo Marketplace? Where did they normally think, sell stuff actually, like that? I, think, I don't even remember. I think the Disney Park stuff was in the Imagineering store mixed with the stuff that said Imagineering. Oh, maybe. And then you'd see like Disneyland stuff or Disneyland. That's true. I mean, it's all coming from Imagineering. Yeah. You're right. And it wasn't. Like where did I buy Galaxy's Edge stuff? I think it was. It was probably there. And it was stuff that it's not at the parks. It was like cool, either unique or coming soon or something like that. Right. Wow. Okay. Ugh, so. so much stuff to plan. That's a lot. So there's like six, maybe five. I don't know if I need to go to the limited edition. Maybe five or six shopping boarding groups we have to sign up for within three days. Yeah. <laughs> you have to get all three. Seeing that again, work with your partners. Like that one for sure. Yeah, the guests. Oh, and, and it's a whole different, different system, a whole different app. So who knows if the plus one is assigned to a person or not with this one. Yeah. Right? Jeez Louise. Crazy. Still, all the logistics aside getting very hyped yes i'm so excited i can't even wait i am i even told you i said i'm not gonna pack my playstation 5 in my suitcase because i need half of my suitcase empty for all the stuff we bring back (laughs) (laughs) from all those shop passes you're gonna get those virtual queues boarding groups (laughs) i'm so excited um any other logistical things we want to share with our listeners no, I think that's it. I think right now the biggest thing is just to really look at that schedule, figure out what you want to do, fill out the RSPs by Friday. Don't even worry about the shopping stuff right now. That's like you can't even do that until you're on property. So um, just really focus on those RSPs and then wait for our next planning episode. Ooh, very excited. There is one exclusive thing, though, that you can only do during the D23 Expo, and we suggest right. everybody do that who's listening, and that is meeting with us, the Disneyholics. It's the Disneyholics pregame party. Pregame party. So um, <laughs> what is the date for that, Jen? It's August. It's just getting September 8th. September Thursday. 8th. Thursday, September 8th. Okay, so from 4 to 6 p.m., if you are near Disneyland or the Expo, we will be hanging out over at the picnic bench area where the picnic tables are. This is in front of Disneyland Park's entrance, so you do not need a reservation to come visit us to the parks. And we'll be right outside. It's over by the lockers, and we're planning on having some nosh, some ganache, uh, some fun little <laughs> treats, and maybe some other giveaways there. Uh, we'll be there again from 4 to 6 p.m. This is the Thursday before the D23 Expo. Uh, please stop by. We'll be posting more reminders the day of. Um, but we would love to see y'all, 4 to 6 Say hello. Yes, absolutely. I can't wait to see some of you again and meet new faces as well. Um, it's always great to put a face to name. And we love our our other Disneyholics. So come nerd out with us. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> it's like 
98 degrees up in this house, and we talked about so many things today. We talked about unfavorable attendees in the earnings call. We talked about a whole bunch of magical miscellany, uh, magic key renewals, insane big news coming up, as well as D23 Expo stuff um, to get those RSPs in. Don't forget RSPs, very urgent by Friday. Get those in. And otherwise, stay tuned for more information. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed episode 98 of the Disneyholics show. Follow us on social media at Disneyholics. And if you want to get in touch, send us a message on Instagram or email us at fanmail at the Disneyholics.com. Okay, bye. Bye.
man, I really want to go to Disneyland. 